0: You are now listening to the Late to the Party podcast. All right, welcome to the Late to the Party podcast. Obviously, we missed last week. Zach was busy getting engaged. Congratulations, boss! <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate How's it? it. Feel like yeah. a taken man. They're officially off the market, dude. It. It feels worse in my
1: wallet after buying the
0: break. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to expand on that, boss, because I do feel your pain.
1: No, it's understandable. No, but it feels great, though. It was, it was a good week out in California. I tried my best to try to schedule a show, but with the time difference, and I, we were traveling, like, every two days, like, going from San Diego up to San Francisco. It just became difficult to find a time that was going to work, and by the time we were going to get ready to go out and stuff like that, you guys have already been, like, getting ready to go to bed, so.
0: Nah, it's all good, boss. It is what so, it is. You but know, yeah, obviously, was, the one week we don't have a show, though, Michigan loses, so... I know, R-I-P. it's like,
1: well, well, you know, no, that was the pregame talk, so I'm here just in time for the postgame, so it has actually worked out pretty good.
0: No, it's worked out terribly. It's <laughs> actually worked out terribly. So, to, I mean, should we just jump into that game first? I mean, just get it out of the way?
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought that was, like, the one of the best games of the season, in my opinion. It was awesome, yeah, uh, awesome. but, like... Uh, I, I don't know Matt you're you're the Michigan guy you go first you, you go ahead and talk I want to hear what you have to say what's your
0: reaction um so I mean overall in the whole being 7-1 I guess I'm I guess I'm happy with that I did not expect that but like now seeing how it all played out it's obviously very frustrating for whoever watched the game I mean Trevor Trevor jinxed it by telling us Michigan looked good and obviously, I should have known that was going to be their downfall. But, I mean, they have the game in control. And then Hobbaro just Hobbaros, I guess, because he brought in the freshman quarterback McCarthy, and he fumbles on two straight plays. I mean, honestly, I, what I just I don't get, because, like, Michigan, like, they look so good on offense. Um, Matt Cade McNamara was throwing the ball all over the place. He looked great. And once you have a 30-14 to 14 lead, like, why don't you just go back to what you're good at and just start grinding, and pounding and – that's not what he did. He got fancy, and then before you know it, Michigan State won the game. And I mean, I'm just disappointed. I guess we should have won. Um, I don't know. I I feel bad for the kid, for the players. I mean, honestly, I just blame coaching. Here, you tried to get too fancy. Just play the game out with what you got. Do what you're good at: ground and pound. Waste time, and they didn't do any of that. And here we are, seven and one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm just, I'm disappointed.
1: How do you so, feel about Zach? No, I'm gonna save mine for last because I got a little thing to say about Michigan. But you, Trevor, you can go.
2: Yeah. So, like you say, kind of, I guess, the broad picture, right? Seven and one. You didn't think you'd be there, Matt, but you are. It's been a great year. You know, I was on. I was. I was uh, supporting Harbaugh from day one. But when you look at this game in a vacuum, man, I cannot defend this guy this week, man. He just like, like he poof, turned back into a pumpkin, vintage, crappy. Choke job, Jim Harbaugh. The anti-Jim Harbaugh vultures were out swirling around the waters this weekend. Rightfully so. I mean, and yeah, you know me. I'm, I'm good with that. It's like the kiss of death. I did say. I said, "Quote: Michigan's making a statement." After that, it was a 16 nothing run by Michigan State. Huh? So I guess they made a statement about how to just choke away a game against one of your arch rivals. But um, I just feel like you didn't have a feel for the game, right? Like we talked about the quarterback situation. I get it. He wants to play do guys. You know Brian Kelly's playing two guys in Notre Dame right now, but you gotta have a feel for the game, right? K. McNamara, I get it. He's not the flashes dude. You want to get McCarthy in because he's the highly touted young guy, but McNamara, it was his game. He was he was in the flow of it. Like they were they were lighting up the Spartans first half. They were lighting them up a lot. Like that first well that first drive goes eighty something yards, right? Beautiful pass on a dime. It's like they set the tone right there. It was his day. He's an upperclassman. It was his chance to knock off Michigan State. They should have played McNamara the whole game. So shame on them for that. And then second-fold, they just had no answer for Kenneth Walker. The Kenneth Walker is my—right now, he's my Heisman guy right now. Five touchdowns, 20 yards rushing. Literally put the team on his back, especially that fourth quarter, man. Those were back-breaking touchdowns. They just—you um, know, it's just, it was just—it felt like Jim Harbaugh turned back into a pumpkin for one week. Maybe it's going to be permanently now. Maybe the luck's run out, and, you know, the first couple weeks, first seven weeks were a mirage. Who knows? It just – that's an absolutely brutal loss. You had everything in front of you if you're a Michigan fan yet. You, you had it right there, teed up to change the narrative. Finally win a big game. Finally being an arch rival. And, you know, you fall you fall flat on your face again. again. It's just – God,
1: it's just like – So, so. – both teams are good. I mean, I mean, it's clear that Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State are the three best teams, I think, in the Big Ten this year. And after that game, I just come out thinking that it was more Michigan just blew it more than Michigan State being more impressive, in my opinion. Yeah, Kenneth Walker is probably my Heisman candidate right now. I mean, he's had an unbelievable season. But Michigan had the game. I mean, there, there's no other it's, – it's inexcusable at this point. I mean, they were up, what, by three scores at one point in the game? I mean, that's just, it's unacceptable that this keeps happening, to the Harbaugh team. So I think it's understandable what the committee thinks of Michigan because of the spot they're in and the rankings and being ahead of undefeated Oklahoma. I think that, you know, when we get to talk about the playoff spot, I think it values that this team, you know, had a shot of just pummeling Michigan State on the road, but they blew it. So, you know, the potential's there. But to me, this is what it goes back to. Always, and it's this Michigan delusion and arrogance that comes from the coaching coaches and the players. This, and it's less about the fans now. I was talking to Matt about this a couple of days ago because I think the fans and alumni are like they're so sick of it, but they keep acting like they're this hot shot team, and you can't talk so much shit like Michigan did before the game, like calling Michigan State. This whole little brother thing needs to fucking end. It needs to stop. Like. It, since Mike Hart said that in 2008, they're four and ten against Michigan State. So how can you come out here? run your mouth like fucking Taylor Luan, who was whose Michigan teams were awful when he's there, yet this dude continues to talk shit and then tries to back it up by saying, oh yeah, well, you know, they weren't very good when I was there. I'm talking about the team now. So you can't say anything, Taylor. I'm sorry. And then like you you can't come out here. And call someone. Oh yeah, they're like my little brother and stuff like that. When you get your ass kicked like that, I mean, you're four and ten against Michigan State, Michigan. The past fourteen years since your running back coach called them little brother, you've won. The, I mean, your brother, your little brother, has won two Big Ten championships. They've been in the Big Ten, Big Ten championship three times. You've never been to Indianapolis. You've won zero Big, Champion, uh, Big Ten championships in the last ten years. And the last time Michigan won Big Ten championship. The kids who were born the year that they won it are just learning to drive right now. It's been since 2004. So I I just – I can't understand the spot that Michigan's in right now. And it's like I feel for some of these players because you know what it is? It wasn't really like they were doing much of the talking except for – what's his name who was – Complaining about the refs at the end, Mike Morris, even though he tried to fucking choke Kenneth, Kenneth Walker out in the third quarter when he fell to the ground. But Michigan likes to do that kind of stuff anyways when they try to rip off Dobbin Shue a couple years ago in the game against Ohio State. So it's like they're not really justifying themselves, but it, it's I, – I can't – like. You, you can't, as an alumni from Michigan, you can't be running your mouth about this whole thing with Little Brother. Michigan State is better than you right now. They're more accomplished than you are right now. they they're, they're, Their program arguably was in a bigger, just as bad of a disaster that Michigan's was nearly two years ago when Mel Tucker took over the mess that Dan Tony left. And now they're in the college football rankings and they're ranked number three. And it's like, I, I, I just can't justify it. It's a role reversal with Michigan for me. I know we talk about like the fans of Tennessee being annoying, but it's like. It's the former players in Michigan, in my opinion, that are just causing all this like bulletin board material for all these teams. Yeah, Mike Hart, great job. You kicked Michigan State's ass when you were there. Now you've left this dumpster fire behind for the rest of these players to clean up because each year Michigan State goes into the game. Oh, we're going to hear the Mike Hart video of him calling him little brother. And then we got assholes like Taylor Lewan going on in, post, uh, in press conferences in the NFL talking about a little brother. And it's like you you're, you're just embarrassing yourself at this point. And that's the sad part because I think Michigan's a lot better um, than what they should have been on Saturday. I think they should have won the game, but the, the players are just such assholes. I just can't like, and it's not even me being biased. It's not, I mean, like it, it, you, Matt, you can't come out here and try to tell me that the little brother talk is like helping them at this point. It's doing
0: more of a thing that gets thrown in our face more than anything. So it's not even like a good thing. It's like, Oh, Oh, you are their little brother, but that we kick your ass every time and just, I don't know. They are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. I don't know. I'm just. It's disappointing to talk about that game. And I mean, I was I was okay with it for a couple of days. I was like, yeah, well, like whatever, whatever. Now I see like the rank college football rankings, and like Michigan State's number three, and I'm like, that's where Michigan should be right now. It's kind of yeah, it's just a joke, Harbaugh. I don't know. He's 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 coached great all season, but he got ahead of himself on Saturday, and it's just very disappointing in general.
1: I mean, they still have a path. It's going to be a little difficult, but this loss certainly hurts them. Obviously, with the state that Michigan State's in, but I mean, we'll get to the playoff talk and everything. But
0: I, I don't—I wouldn't eliminate Michigan completely yet. But I mean, I definitely think if they win out, they're gonna—they'll probably be in. I mean, honestly, the way the way the committee well, they would need help. Some we of need these
1: Michigan. teams is clear, so I mean, it's kind of. Well,
0: well I they need help.
1: Well, they need would need help. I mean, they would need Michigan State to lose twice. Yeah. True. Very true. So quick question, Matt, being a Wolverines fan,
2: right? So if they lose to Ohio State again this year, but if they go 10-2, and two, do you consider that a
0: successful season?
2: I think you have to fire Harborough. If they go 10-2 and
0: two and they lose to both their rivals? Yeah, because he's – I mean, who is he really beating, though? I mean, he's being, like – these crappy. He's being, like – I mean, it's like, beating Penn State, like, Wisconsin and all these teams, like, really that big of a deal. Like, I know me yeah. and Zach like to talk about, like, the Big Ten being good, but, I mean – I mean, Penn State's well five and three now, five and two or whatever. Like I'm yeah, not going to like Wisconsin's five and three. Like I mean, there's really going to be no statement win in there. And I mean, you're losing. I think. You I think just, Penn State's, State's on the break. Well, I'm going to argue
1: about that with the playoff because I'm a little uh, dumbfounded by where Penn State is right now in the rankings. But um, I like. I agree, Matt. Like if you're I was reading a lot of threads and, and, and a lot of people on, on Michigan on, on, on their Twitter feeds and stuff like that on, on Sunday and Saturday. And, you know, Michigan fans, like one of the guys talked He said I used to laugh at Ohio state uh, for the whole John Cooper years, because John Cooper would just like do really well, but then he could never win the game against Michigan. He's like, I, he's like, I would argue Harbaugh's worse than John Cooper because John Cooper at least won three big 10 titles in the nineties. And at least John Cooper won big bowl games. Harbaugh hasn't done any of that, so it doesn't matter if you goes ten and two or whatever. Like you're saying, I think if they don't, if they lose, if they lose Ohio State, I don't see how. But like, I don't even know where Michigan goes from here either. It's just like I, I think it'd be like you just keep them at this point. You're kind of stuck with Harbaugh because you got recruits coming in, and then you run the potential of people decommitting and creating a bigger dumpster fire. So Michigan's in a tough spot right now, and they have been. It's just I think so.
2: The Michigan-Ohio State game could be really ugly for the Wolverines in the fact that I think Michigan states they're a top-four team that undefeated, but I think they're a little overrated in the fact that I'm not big on Peyton Thorne at all. Like, Michigan, you had one guy to beat, Kenneth Walker, one guy to stop, right? You put eight in the box, you force Peyton Thorne to beat you, and you give up 37 points or whatever. Like, like what are they going to—how's that, how's that defense going to look against C.J. Stroud, Henderson, all those weapons? I mean, I, I that could get real ugly.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're just being honest. I think you can fail say, with being fair, that Michigan State did not deserve to win that game, and I think they was, didn't. And I said I played, thought
1: Michigan was,
0: I thought Michigan was a better team. And I think when they play Ohio State, they're probably going to get smoked because Ohio State's not going to go in there and let one player beat them. That's what yeah. But you know, but here's the thing, with Michigan State, that's always
1: interesting. Uh, when they come to Columbus, they play the Buckeyes really, really well. They play the historic, historically saying the Buckeyes have done better in East Lansing than they have had at home against Colum, in Columbus. So, um, you know, I'll test it for myself. I was at that game in 2015 when they lost and it was brutal, but I, I get it. You know, I'm not going to come out here and say that Ohio state's going to smoke them until obviously we see the game. I mean, Ohio state's been playing a lot better, but I still think like you, like you saw with Penn state this past weekend, with a game of that magnitude, people are still going to come out there with a lot of intensity knowing it's a big game
0: but yeah so speaking of ohio state should we roll into that ohio state penn state game might as well zach so, so what yeah think, what was your well, opinion on this for, game
1: well before it wasn't really much i took from the game itself i mean like I, ohio state I, I never felt the game was endangered I and mean, i knew penn state was going to come out and give them everything they got because of the spot they were in but i actually wanted to bring this up from the last game <laughs> we talked about between Sparty and Michigan. And compared to Ohio State and Penn State, Big Ten's got a massive referee and officiating problem right now. These officials are horrible. You, they missed so many holds in that Michigan game against that. What There were, there were calls against Michigan that were ridiculous, that they were getting held on the line, that Michigan State was getting away from. And th- the other issue was that a lot of people were kind of up in arms about was um, – and it was causing issues was there was a, a female ref on the field for uh, the Ohio State, Penn State game that was dictating the tempo of the game. I don't know if you guys are watching, but Penn State and Ohio State looked to be keep playing tempo at points, and she kept kind of comment and blowing the whistle and putting the ball down, and it was kind of slowing up play. And there were a lot of people on Twitter talking like, what's going on here? is, is, is this officiating crew? It wasn't really sure what they were doing, but I know she was getting the heat because she was the one putting the ball down right in center. Um, there were Blaine holds that were missed in that game. I had I was watching this guy's review of the game, and and it was actually so bad that Ryan Day in Ohio State actually sent a complaint video to the Big Ten complaining about the game and showing all the missed calls from both sides. I think there were plays that went against Penn State and against Ohio State for that matter. So um, I think this has been a narrative for the last few years that the officiating in the Big Ten hasn't been very great. Um, you know, I think that's it, it's been like that, but... In terms of the overall game, I mean, yeah, they started out slow. I mean, CJ, you know, it's a big game. He's been, he played a lot better for, like, a prime time, big time game that he had. You know, I was I was curious to see how he would play, you know, with his first game since, like, Oregon playing, like, a, a formidable opponent like Penn State. And I'm very impressed with the defense. Defense has looked a lot better, which is making me feel a lot better about the team. Um, yeah, so if the, it, it, the one thing I was worried about was if the offense did start out slow, is the defense going to keep us in the game? And I felt like they did that with Penn State, even when Ohio State couldn't score in, like, the red zone. They were kicking field goals late. The defense held its own, which, you know, made me happy. Um, And, uh, you know, Henderson started out slow, but, man, he took off in the second half. And, you know, the kid kid was super impressive. But, um, yeah, I mean, solid win from Ohio State. I'll get to my point with Penn State because I do think they're a lot better than what people are are saying just because I think a lot of people forget this. Sean Clifford got knocked out of that game against Iowa. I mean, he was out that rest of that game, and they were winning. And then he was pretty much uh, like questionable, almost doubtful for that game at Illinois, where they lost in nine overtimes. And you know, I think they play a lot better when he's on the field and healthy. So, um, you know, uh, that's what I'll say about that. But good game for the Buckeyes, and you know, they they got They can't look too far ahead to Michigan State because they got Nebraska and Purdue coming up, and you don't want to have another fuck up from a few years ago like they did. So. I
0: thought that game was. It was actually pretty entertaining, but I mean, Ohio State did what Ohio, like, what I just think in general, what good teams do. I mean, it was obvious in the beginning of the game that like Penn State had some momentum. It didn't look like Ohio State had it, but at the, as the game went on, they kind of found themselves in the game and then uh, ultimately pulled away. I mean, Ohio State is better than Penn State. I mean, I honestly think Penn State's not a good team. We could probably talk about this more. Um, but I mean honestly again like like the anti-Michigan like Michigan is is in is in games that they should win and they lose and then Ohio State kind of finds themselves in the game where they don't really have it and they find a way to win that's just that's just the difference between a good team and teams that aren't good I guess I mean I, I hate to say Michigan's not a good team but I mean it's over and over that they're losing games like this and Ohio State just keeps winning games so I mean I don't think you learn too much from Ohio State other than, they're probably gonna end up in the playoff. I wouldn't be surprised if they're gonna win out and I don't know. I'm just depressed. I'm depressed over this whole Michigan thing. So whatever you what it's on to you, Trevor. <laughs> yeah, I mean this game I thought it'd
2: be more lopsided than it was, so I guess I will give Penn State a little bit of credit, but then I'm thinking, you know, they the last two years they played uh they play Ohio State pretty tough. They come up short, but they play pretty tough, so I'll give them credit there. Um yeah, Ohio State, I had, you know, I've been on I've been A1 since day one. What do they say on board since day one? Well, you know, Zach was freaking out about four weeks ago, but it, I mean, rightfully <laughs> like, so. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, they're right in the ship. They look like they're the team to beat in the Big Ten now. They've separated themselves a little bit from uh, Michigan State. I feel like. Um, so they're the favorites going in, going here on out, but and I'm gonna probably piss you guys off right now, but I feel like I'm gonna take a not not, not a dump on the Big Ten, but a little minor queef right now because they've come back down earth a little bit, right? So <laughs> you've got what Iowa. What's going on with Iowa, right? They were number two, and then they what, two, three losses now? Yeah, Dude. I know Penn State. Give them a little asterisk with Sean Clifford going out, but that's just a brutal loss to Illinois. I'm sorry, man. I don't know it's garbage. That's a brutal loss at home. I know
1: we're going to Iowa. talk about apple to apples. Like, I, I, you you, can save this whole entire taking a dump thing for Big Ten where for, for argument when it comes to the playoff. You know why? I'm, thinking, because I'm not so taking like a dump.
2: That. I just think, like where they were about 4 weeks ago, right? I'm like, what wow, was the about- best
1: conference in the country right now? But like your comparison like is this the SEC? And I I, I them you, know, you, know, you know, I'm going to I'm going to save what you just said and I'm going to bring it up to the right. point about what happened out with the playoff rankings because for you to come out and say that the Big 10 is overrated and has come back down to earth a little bit, like you could almost say the same exact fucking thing for the SEC or the rest of the country for that matter.
2: Oh man, like Penn State was looking pretty good. They got 3 losses.
1: Now they have Wisconsin. two ranked wins. Why? Is, how are you saying that's a bad team? They beat okay, the so number 13 we, team in the country and the number 20 team in the well, country. You're going to say Penn State was ranked, but, I mean, oh, Wisconsin was ranked. Well, there I mean, it. the playoff committee was using it last night when they showed the resume for Alabama. Alabama beat number 14 Miami. Let's mark that down. Number 14. What's fucking Miami's record Miami now? Miami
2: went to Pittsburgh last week one won ball, so they— <laughs> I love seeing Zach get all pissed off man. Miami yeah. lost to didn't Miami lose to Appalachian State? <laughs> yeah, they beat Pittsburgh though. They went to Pittsburgh we beat Clemson, who almost beat Georgia and we go we could play this game all night. Alright, no, I'm just kidding. But I'm just saying t- I'm not taking a big dump on them. I just think they've come back down earth a little bit and we're gonna we're gonna see. I think there's two teams left now. It's Ohio State, it's Michigan State. One of those two teams. It's going gonna, it's gonna to win out, going to go to the playoff, and that's it. I don't think it's as loaded as we think it is. That's all.
1: Well, I think the committee, when you talk about the rankings and how people are going to be numbered and stuff like that, I think the strength of the conference and how teams look up, it, it, the committee made a statement last night with how that's how that's going to play into factor because it's going to be an easy path for some teams, and then teams like Cincinnati, they basically have no fucking shot now.
0: So how about in general? I mean, we, you gave your thoughts about Ohio State. They won the game we should have won. They won. They're the better team. Fuck them. They're better than Michigan. They're gonna blow out Michigan. That's besides the point. Why do we get into the football rankings? Because I mean, it's kind Please. of all the same discussion. So, like, in general, how did you guys feel about this? I'll just go first. Go ahead. I can I guess I can't really say I'm surprised that Alabama ended up at number two. Just because, I mean, it's like I almost feel like, yeah, the college football rankings. Uh, the committee like does like does like the uh, does like the Big Ten. But, I mean, there's still seven SEC teams in the top 25. And then the the SEC teams are still one and two. So, I just feel like the SEC bias is never going to leave. I mean, in general, I just feel like it's where the money comes from. So, it is what it is. But, I mean, I was uh, uh, Facebook messaging you guys as this goes on. And I'm just like, this is what the top four is going to be. Oregon, Michigan State, Alabama, and uh, Georgia. I mean, I was wrong the way it went. But, I mean, first looks at it, I mean, Cincinnati, fucked. I mean, there's almost no way, unless everybody in the top, like in front of them, loses another game. There's almost no way that they're going to make it to the playoff. And Oklahoma being ranked eighth, I mean, I didn't see that. So that obviously shows like what the committee thinks about with the Big Twelve. I mean, in general, I think they did get the, they did get the top four right. Um, Ohio State, Ohio State. They're going to win out and end up in there. I think they're just going to replace Michigan State. But I mean, I think Georgia, Alabama, Oregon and OSU is I mean, that's a pretty solid playoff if that's what it ends up being for sure. I think, you know, Matt, I was going through the scenarios
1: in my head because of the rankings of last night. This is basically what needs to happen for Cincinnati to get in the playoff. They would need Michigan State to lose to Ohio State, then Ohio State to lose to Michigan, then for Michigan to go to the Big Ten Championship and lose the Big Ten Championship. They would need Georgia to beat Alabama. They would need Oklahoma to lose to Baylor or Oklahoma State or have one of those teams lose the Big 12 Championship. And they might even need Oregon to lose, too. That's how
0: Cincinnati gets in the playoff. That's it's that's how horrible it is for them. I mean, this is a far-fetched opinion, but if you're a Cincinnati player and you – See your rankings and look at your opponents. You almost know you have no shot. If Cincinnati drops one of these next two games, I will not be surprised. Because if I was a player on that team, I'd be like, "What the fuck are we playing here for? We're undefeated. We're blowing out every team, and we still can't get into the playoffs." I wouldn't say they're blowing out. I want to push back on
2: that because I'm about to say. These rankings might not even matter. They they might lose again. They're they're starting to look a little bit overrated, right? They're coming out lackluster here a few couple weeks uh you know at Tulane. They're down their backup quarterback. They were I better agree, Trevor. in the game. They pulled away at the end, but they only won by 20 and that game was a contest for a for a while. So I I'm sure, I think the committee looked at that just like they looked at Tulane again when Oklahoma played them. They're like, "Well, you are barely beating Tulane here. You're number 8. Oh, you're barely beating Tulane that has their backup quarterback in." You're number six, like so. You know they've got a lot of things working against them, right? They're number six. They have to leapfrog all these teams. They play in the AAC, which their only marquee win is Notre Dame. And you know, if Notre Dame goes eleven to one, that's all great. But they they have such a weak schedule themselves. That's not that not going to be that impressive. If Indiana was better than a crappy ass two and six, you know, you'd have you'd feel better about that. I think well, they were banking on that
1: game, right, going into. Well, big win. Uh, Trevor, I was just about to add to your point. I think what hurt them a lot was 2 weeks ago when Ohio State went to Indiana because when they played Indiana they were down going into the 4th quarter and Ohio yeah. State wiped the fucking floor with Indiana. Yeah. So, yeah. I think I think that was another game that the committee was looking at was like, all right, well, coming into the season, these were the two Power 5 games that we needed with with Cincinnati it was Indiana and Notre Dame. Notre Dame very impressive win, but Indiana not very good they were down going into the fourth quarter and Ohio state was up by 40 at halftime. So.
2: Right. So I'm yeah. And and so they have a schedule working against them, right? You have SMU losing this past weekend. Didn't help them. So you got Houston and SMU. Okay, fine. You beat them both. It's like, yeah. And I just don't even know if they're as good as we think they are, because they're not wiping the floor. They're wiping the floor with very few teams. I mean, they beat, Notre Dame at home by 11, but that was when their offense was kind of in a mess. The way the Irish are playing right now, if they played again, I think they'd beat Cincinnati. So I think so, too. I think we're overlooking the fact that this might all be this fake outrage about Cincinnati. It might be for naught because they might get tripped up here down the stretch. I don't even know if they're honestly as good as their record indicates.
1: Did you guys—so uh, we're talking about things that we loved about the rankings or hated.
0: Hated? Yeah, well I just you know before we go into
2: this discussion can me. you
0: add one more game to to the uh the picks, Oregon against Washington? Because nobody can convince me that a quarterback that used to go to BC is gonna lead Oregon to the playoff. I am convinced they're gonna lose. They got a seven thirty game at Washington. I if if we wake up Sunday morning and Oregon lost, who's really gonna be surprised about it?
1: Not one. I won't be surprised to lose any of those games, to be honest with you.
0: Sorry. Um, No, I wanted to talk about – so
1: one thing I – so I actually wanted to allude to the point that we were talking about at the end of the uh, Ohio State-Penn State discussion because this is the problem I have, and it kind of – if you guys are getting a little lost by what I'm about to say, it kind of gets a little confusing here, just let me know. I'll try to explain this the best I can. My biggest problem with the ranking was that, you know, Penn State was unranked, okay? They weren't ranked because they were 5-3, and right? So you had three losses. Two of those three losses, are two ranked opponents in the top 25, which was Ohio State, and the other one was Wisconsin, who is now ranked because they beat Iowa, at that you know, which to me still doesn't make much sense because Wisconsin, for about a month, looked like one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. They had no offense, no nothing, couldn't do anything. Now, this is where this whole SEC bias bullshit comes in again, because Alabama is ranked number two, and why are they ranked number two? Well, they lost to Texas A&M, but now Texas A&M is six and two, though Texas A&M is a top 15 team, even though Texas A&M lost to an unranked team, Arkansas now, and they lost to Mississippi State, who really is only ranked because they've beaten three ranked teams, but their three losses are very, very bad. They lost by 40 to Alabama. They lost to a four and four Memphis team, and then they lost to an unranked LSU team. So to me, you want to talk about how Penn State's not a very good football team? How can you fucking argue that these equality wins for Alabama? And how can you argue from the committee that these teams deserve to be ranked? Why the fuck is Mississippi State ranked? Why? Because they beat Kentucky? I mean, we saw how Kentucky looked against Georgia. They had no shot at all. So to me, it's like they're building up this resume for these teams in the SEC like Alabama and Georgia. Um, well, I won't exclude Georgia because Georgia, we know Georgia is very, very good. But to me... It goes back to what I've been saying the last few weeks. Alabama just basically didn't get penalized at all for losing to an unranked team on the road. Um, it doesn't matter, like, whatever. They they fucking kicked a field goal to beat them. They were down by three scores at one point. It wasn't like it was a tough battle or anything like that. They had to climb back into this game. But if you're looking at how they value Alabama's resume, they're looking at these teams and being like, oh, these are quality wins. Mississippi State, that's a top 15 team. Oh, um, fucking Ole Miss, that's a top 15 team. I mean, are these teams really that good? Are they? I don't think they are.
0: Um, go ahead, Matt. what the one thing I will say about Penn State is I get what you're saying, but I also think it's hard for me to kind of hold the water of a team that's on a three game losing streak. That's my only beef with Penn state. if they if they were five and three and weren't coming off of three straight losses, I would feel a little bit differently with that. Um, I mean, I get what you're saying, though. Like, these SEC teams, like, all these SEC teams, there are seven SEC teams ranked in the top 20. And I don't think they're that good. Like, I don't think Mississippi State's that good. I don't think Ole Miss is that good. I don't think Texas AM's that good. Like, Auburn, how the fuck did they get up there? Like, I don't know. Then there's Wake Forest in at nine, eight, and you know, oh, at number nine. It's just like, I'm just, I really don't know how they judge the rankings. And I really wish I could be in like one of these rooms at some point because it just feels like every year it's like if Alabama had, is either undefeated or has a loss, they're going to be either one or two. And I just feel like that's how it's judged every year. I, just, I don't I mean, I guess I'm just accepting it now, but it is complete bullshit. It's like getting tiresome, like year after year after year after year. Alabama is always there no matter what. They're always going to be there. And it's just like the SEC bias is just very frustrating. I would agree with that. Well, it's like if, like,
1: Alabama had two losses, I guarantee you Alabama would be in the top ten still. Oh, which absolutely. Is, no which is, to it. me, is, it, which is ridiculous. Like, you know, everyone talks about the eye test and and strength of schedule. It's like Alabama's not two because of the eye test or the strength of schedule. Alabama's number two because of their brand. They're number two because they're Alabama. And to me, that's not fair to a school like, for example, like Cincinnati. Yeah, they haven't looked at it as impressive. But, like, Cincinnati's undefeated. I mean, you know, Oklahoma's undefeated. I just think that like Alabama losing to like and, and then they try to point out like no 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 Texas A M was is not unranked anymore they're in the top fifteen we said so that's like basically saying like oh uh, fucking Memphis be four and four Memphis beat uh, Mississippi State and then the committee just goes and puts them at twenty five it was like actually that's not that quality of a loss for uh, for for Mississippi State because Memphis is technically in the top twenty five that's basically what the committee is doing with Alabama is that they're taking these not so good SEC teams that, you know, got killed by Alabama, and then they're like, oh, well, they beat up on each other, and Alabama beat them. They must be pretty good. Like, it's like – that, that's, that's what I think was frustrating me the most about this whole thing is, like, like look at Alabama's best – like, who's Alabama's best win so far? Ole Miss? Probably. Yeah.
0: I would have to say Ole Miss, probably.
1: And Ole Miss barely escaped Tennessee. And we're gonna like like watch. Well, I guarantee you they'll lose two or three more games this year, but they'll try to justify them being a quality win. So, and Alabama really doesn't play anybody the rest of the year until Auburn. They're fucking playing. They're playing New Mexico State in two weeks. Like, come on, they'd be killing the Big Ten right. Right, but like like. (laughs) Can you imagine if Ohio State and Michigan did that? Oh, two weeks before the their biggest game of the year, we're gonna schedule a cakewalk. You know what I mean? Like Michigan's gonna play Ohio State. You know, we're playing Michigan fucking State before Michigan, the week before, and oh, and Alabama's playing New Mexico State before Auburn. Might as well just send UConn over to Columbus before we play the Wolverines as a warm up. It's like, come on, dude.
2: Don't well, you be slandering UConn on this show, boy? All right, I won't take
1: that. <laughs> I just I know they're like, all, all sensitive about it now because you read that article
0: and now uh, you're Damn, like, man,
2: he got me. He, got, going on, he, got, he brainwashed me on that article.
0: <laughs> I feel like I mean, UConn is a football school if you didn't know.
2: Of course, of course, yes. I should make uh, Gino the coach and see what happens there. But, anyways, I mean, I that'd just, be interesting. Look, I would well, watch. I mean, like, I love how you guys get so worked up. It's the first week of the rankings. Don't these things usually it's not
1: though, Trevor? Because it's putting when you have us when you have Alabama in the spot they are in right now. They're basically in prime spot to get to the SEC championship game this way. Like they said, not, they don't they play said, anybody the rest of the year besides so- Auburn. It's, it's because of
2: the brand. It's because of the money. It's just the way it is. We have to accept it. PFT commented had the perfect tweet last night. He said they position themselves to have you know uh, Bama going against Georgia. The loser still gets in and they play each other in the national title game and then the SEC wins against. So oh, that's just reality. We have to accept it. Stop fighting it, Zach. Stop leading this resistance that's never gonna you futile against it. You will get crushed by the SEC. They'll be they're our supreme overlord. Are, okay. Are we
1: getting crushed? I mean, it's literally only one team in the SEC that's really doing all the crushing. The rest of the SEC's fucking stinks.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're carrying the whole conference on their back. But think...
1: Until Georgia wins the national championship, yeah, Georgia's a very good team this year. But, I mean, up until last night when the Braves broke the Atlanta curse, I'm like, they're still a team from Georgia.
0: So like, I know, I, how, like, how much pressure do you feel like Georgia has off their shoulders now since the Braves kind of did the dirty work for them? Probably a lot. Probably a lot.
2: I had a lot of pressure on them because I, I probably put the kiss of death on them declaring them national champions in, in the first episode. And, you know, you know how that works when I – when I say yeah, the fact good, that they're uh,
0: going through the wall of Trevor right now is actually very, very impressive.
2: With Stenson Bennett as freaking quarterback still? That's that's crazy to me. But
1: <laughs> I will um, talk. Can we can we talk about one thing I do love about the poll?
2: Oh, I'm, you love something about the poll?
0: Wow, that's sure. great. I'm here. What do we got?
1: Oklahoma being eight.
0: Oh, oh my
1: god.
0: See, that's what I
2: hate
1: about the poll. But go ahead. Why? Why do you hate it? So you're just glorifying the SEC and just sucking the SEC off. Tell me why you hate this. Dude, they're undefeated
2: in their eighth. It's not like they're struggling the last couple of weeks. They put Caleb Williams in. They're blowing doors the last couple of weeks, dude. I could see if they were still struggling with Spencer Rattler in there. And they could be eight. that would justify. But look at the way they're playing the last couple of weeks against. Okay, this- they played Kansas a couple of weeks ago
1: with Caleb Williams, and it took a freaking illegal p- pose- uh, illegal uh, push to get him over the first down marker. Trevor, you know, I mean, you, you just- know, I'm
2: you know my you don't know beg on Kansas balls. I don't pick it. Be Texas Tech, so. <laughs> I mean, no fair. You're know, you being for-
1: big on Kansas. I thought you would be more supportive about this. Listen, man, like the whole thing. Oklahoma's best win is five and three Kansas State. All right, let's just get that through. And what do you and like? And so Oklahoma has a good path to the playoff, anyways, because if they go uh, and win out, they'll probably be in the playoff too. If one of those teams from the SEC lose, I think if Georgia wins and Oklahoma wins out, I think Oklahoma's in. I mean, they played two top fifteen teams, and Baylor and Oklahoma State. So I mean, they're fine. But like, Oklahoma barely escaped Tulane. They barely escaped Kansas State, and then yeah, they made a quarterback change, which they barely escaped Kansas. And then you want to talk about earlier with Spencer Rattler? I mean, the the, obviously Williams came in and cleaned up the mess against Texas, but it still matters, dude. I mean, like it's one player, but it it still matters. It still matters. Like you be like the same thing with Ohio State happened in 2015. They came into the season ranked number one. Everyone thought they were going to blow the doors off everybody. Then they had two quarterbacks playing between Barrett and uh, Cardell Jones, and they weren't blowing everybody out. They were barely escaping some of the non powerful big 10 teams and they penalized them for it they put them outside the top three i think there were like four or five playing against michigan state so they kept penalizing for it and i think the committee got that right where if you're if, if you're playing in a not so powerful of a conference like the big 12 you you'd be blowing these teams out especially oklahoma i'm like you came into the season a top three team how the fuck do you not almost how do you how do you only beat kansas by four points i'm I sorry
0: so i'm looking at <laughs> their, <laughs> their their uh their schedule. They don't even have a win against a top twenty-five team right now. So I mean they do have I mean their schedule does get hot, like a little hotter though. They get Oklahoma. I mean uh Baylor, Baylor Ohio State, Baylor. State Baylor. Oklahoma State. So we'll definitely find out how good they are coming up. But I don't know. Fuck Oklahoma. Well, I Spencer the strong team, they right? still suck. What? Well, technically, Ohio State doesn't have a a, a top
1: ranked opponent win either. I think their best win would probably be Penn State so far. True. But But you know what the difference between them is? Is that Ohio State's playing against teams in their conference that they should be blowing out, and they're blowing them out. Oklahoma isn't.
2: Well, I just think, look, we get all worked up about this stuff, and usually the rankings towards the end, they work themselves out. The national champion every year that's been in place usually deserves to be the national champion. The teams in the playoff usually deserve to be in the playoff. I just think this first week is always for bells and whistles, right? I think sometimes they put these outrageous rankings out there to get everybody all fired up, of get course. us talking about it, get eyes on the product. I'm sure their ratings, 7 p.m. ratings last night for ASPN were up exponentially over a typical SportsCenter episode. I mean, we we're all watching it, so I just think that first week they kind of fuck around a little bit, dick around with you guys, dick around with us to just get us a little, get our blood boiling a little bit, so we can be talking about this stuff. But it's we're very, still very early in this process. It's the first week of the rankings. These things work work themselves out. Teams will fall. Teams will rise. At the end, you'll get the four teams who deserve to be there, probably with very little controversy. So, it's nice it's nice to shoot the shit about this stuff about these rankings, but
0: at the end of the day, they're kind of irrelevant. Well, you know, I it's kind I of it funny that Trevor's the uh, the voice of reason here because usually when. One of his favorite teams is down seven nothing. He thinks the season's over. So, seeing seeing you so calm over there, boss, I love it. But I did say
2: I did remember telling you guys when USC was driving and Hamilton got hurt. I'm like, well, USC by forty, and then the next play, Bull Power picked it off and won eighty yards the other way. And then uh, Notre Dame won comfortably. That was two weeks ago. So yeah, maybe maybe I overreact sometimes, but uh, can you blame me? I'm a fan too, right? Fan. Well, I, I, ne- I never
0: overreact. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, if we can maybe we can move on. Now. Watch
2: this. Watch this. Hey, hey, uh Big Ten's overrated. You want to see him flip out right now? <laughs> just kidding, Zach. I'm just kidding.
0: Yeah, no, I got.
1: I really had nothing else to say anymore. Just because, like, <laughs> I, I do think I do think that the playoff this week. I know they want to get the overreaction, but I do think it does put some teams in position, like Alabama, that don't have anyone to play for the next month. I mean, they're really not going to play anybody until Thanksgiving. So I do think that like them being number two, I mean they're really not gonna move unless something drastic happens. So I don't know. That's 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 just my stance on it. I just not feel sure.
2: like we all know the playoff committee's still colluding to eventually one day their dream is to have all four teams from the SEC in the playoffs. So
1: Oh yeah, they go to bed every night loving that. They just dream about that every night. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, you go what do you guys want to get into? You wanna get into the retirement of Gary Patterson or what? Yeah, might as well. So, uh, at first glance, T-Man, what did you, uh, what'd you think about this decision? Yeah, this was late the other night. kind of just raised my eyebrow. I texted you
2: guys. I was like, wow, what the hell? Gary Patterson just, you know, mutual retirement, which we all know means he got fired. I mean, I guess the understanding was that, you know, they were going to do it at the end of the year. But he's just like, you know, let's just pull the Band-Aid off now and let's just get it over with. And which I, I kind of respect Patterson for that. He's always... So he's always been a kind of a guy to think outside the box. Kind of tells it like it is. He's kind of always been a little bit of a guy that you know he be, he walks to his own the beat of his own drum, right? Which is you know hats off to him because you had to be a different ca- character to take a a floundering historically floundering program like uh, TCU. You know he comes in. I think I want to say you know this was right at the time when LT was there. He how he went undefeated went to the Rose Bowl with Andy freaking Dalton. So. That was, you know, that was their peak, and he deserves a lot of credit for taking Andy Dalton and turning him into a, you know, an undefeated college quarterback for one year. Or so, um, but the writing was on the wall. They're floundering this year. The the program's been steadily on a the, the, the decline last couple of years, and um, defensively, which is supposed to be their calling card, they just slipped a little bit. I just think TCU wanted to kind of get out and. Get out front of it because one of their rivals Texas Tech, they fired their coach recently, so you know they're they're all of a sudden these coach, these uh programs are gonna start competing against, against each other probably for similar coaches. so they're probably like all right, let's try to get ahead of this and maybe beat Texas Tech to the punch and get a coach that we want. Um, but like I said, Patterson did a great job, took him from basically nothing from Conference USA to the mountain West to the big 12. I mean, so hats off to a hell of a career for Gary Patterson. I do remember when uh, Charlie Weiss got fired before they brought in Brian Kelly. He was the guy I was thinking hard. I was like, I would like a guy like a Gary Patterson. Um, So I did want him at Notre Dame, you know, before Brian Kelly. Obviously, it worked out for us. But um, that's just how highly I thought of the guy. I just think he was a great coach. He ended up losing a fastball at the end. It is what it is. But, uh, you know, kudos to him. He has nothing uh, nothing to hang his head about.
1: I think it was a little disrespectful what TCU did in, in kind of making it this way because the guy's been there for so long. Um, you know, I think they, you know, I just think it's kind of funny that, like, you know, he's he's really, really led that program. And, you know, TCU probably wouldn't be where they are today without Gary Patterson, you know. So um, I, I, I do think that the way things transpired, it was a little unfair to him. You know, you look at a guy like Ed Ogeron, who's at least got to keep his job until the end of the season. Obviously, that alludes to him winning a national championship. But. Um, I can definitely see Gary Patterson taking like a like a defensive coordinator role at like a bigger program, whether that be in Oklahoma, Ohio State, or like uh, Alabama, I don't believe it or not. But I think that's something that he would probably end up doing before he goes back into a head coaching position. Or, you know, I wouldn't be surprised either if another program hired Patterson on the spot. They might be looking for a new coach. So, I mean, like I said, I don't really know where TCU goes from here. I mean, like he – I've already seen kids to. De- I've already seen like two kids are to decommit in the last day because Patterson's out. So you know they're gonna. There's definitely gonna feel some effects from this. Um, but you know, it's gonna be weird not seeing him on the sidelines or TCU because I mean he's been the face of that program for two years. I mean two decades. So yeah, two decades. My bad. I mean, I just but, yeah. if look
2: to a Texas Tech. I wouldn't be surprised if they took a run at Patterson. I mean, historically that school would never play defense. Maybe bringing a defensive guy you could kind of bring some stability there, and, you know, that would be a nice little zing, nice little payback at TCU for, like you say, kind of shit him. But I'll slightly disagree with you, Zach, in the sense that sometimes I feel like letting a guy play out the string, you kind of just feel like a dead man walking. So yeah, sometimes if I was in that situation, I'd be like, you know what, I'm not going to sit here. I know I'm gone at the end. Let me just – let's just leave now. But I guess it depends on the situation too.
1: Yeah, I don't think – but I don't think TCU is playing that poorly for them to, you know – like right. They're mediocre. They're mediocre. It's not like it's a complete dumpster fire where people are getting trouble off campus and they're they're not winning any games at all and they're like you know like like just nightmare scenario. But I don't know. What do you think, Matt?
0: I mean, it's just it's definitely tough. I mean, they are obviously in a Power Five conference, so you expect results. But I mean, the guy's been with them since two thousand. I'm just looking it up. He's one eighty one and, and seventy nine. I mean, that's a great record with six conference titles in three different leagues. Uh, six AP top ten finishes. I mean, it's just TCU is just to me. They're not a football like I don't know. They weren't a football program until he got there, and I right. feel like now. And I feel like they're not going to be exciting. I don't know. They're just not. I like remember. I like, agree. Watching TCU games, like man, this fucking team is fun to watch. And like Gary Patterson, you just always knew he was going to like scheme up something fun, fun to watch for a game. And as a college football fan, like. I loved watching TCU games like that. It's like, it was just – they were a fun team to watch. And I just kind of – I mean, I get you expect results, but it just feels like now they're going to kind of start trending in the in in the wrong direction. And before you know it, they're going to be a, a Kansas football team. They're just going to be shit every year. Um, they, they came closer to the playoff
1: than Texas has with Patterson. I mean, they were one spot away from getting into the playoff in 2014 when Ohio State got in over them, which is something that I think only Texas A&M has come that close to getting in. So for the state of Texas, which is like a goldmine for recruiting, I mean Patterson recruited pretty damn well in that state. So, I mean, yeah, I can definitely see, Matt, I kind of agree with you on that too. I'm split because I agree with Trevor in some sense where uh, on on some points, but I also see where you're coming from. It seems like the program is going to be missing like a huge piece which he was the face of in order to get recruits there. And like I've already said, like, they've already seen some decommitments already. Um, so I don't know if the snowball's starting to roll right now, but like... I mean, Are I you can kind have- of, yeah, I
0: yeah, you're going to TCU to play for TCU, or are you going to TCU to play for a guy like Gary Patterson? That's kind I'm of how play, I look at it. Yeah,
1: you're going to play for Gary Paris Patterson, in my
0: opinion. And, um, I don't know, I guess just as a football fan, it's kind of disappointing. Like, t- like I said, TCU was one of the f- teams I enjoyed watching on Saturdays. You always knew you were going to get a fun game to watch, and Ah, it definitely sucks to see him go. I mean, who knows what the future holds? I mean, he's, what, like, 61, so who knows if I want to get, be a head coach again, but i definitely like to see him be a a coordinator for a big-time school. I mean, he definitely deserves that. I mean, mean, he literally brought the program from the bottom all the way up, so it's like, I mean, it's almost like they're losing their identity, I guess. Right, I mean,
2: yeah. You know, I like I said, I was trending in the wrong direction, but I still, I was like, I had. raised a big eyebrow when I saw that. I was still very shocked by that.
0: I just – I definitely – I get what you're saying, Trevor. You don't want to, like, leave a dead man walking. But, like, that in-season, like, retirement thing is always just, like – I just always feel like that's a bad hit no matter what.
1: I just – it's – right. And it's one thing if you like the coach has been there for a few years. And that happens. I get it. Like, Ogeron's only been there for a few years. I mean, Garrett Patterson's been with TCU for 20 years – and they wouldn't be where they are without him, and I just think it was a little disrespectful what they did to him. That's just my opinion on the whole thing. So, Because I don't think he retired. I think he re- retired, which, as in the university, was like, we'll give you ulti- an ultimatum here, you know? Yeah. Well, it's still not as bad.
2: It I comes back to UConn again, but not as bad as what they did to Edsel this year, right? He's
0: going to retire at the end of the year. Oh, wait, he's going to retire tomorrow. So. Right. I mean, UConn U- U- a- <laughs> fucking sucks, though. It's like, it's funny because we always talk about, like, Tennessee, and we make fun of teams like Florida, like, even Michigan. Like, we make fun of teams. So like, seriously, like, teams like fucking UMass and, like, UConn, those are some real fucking delusional teams. Like, well, they, a
1: lot of people don't know it because, like, you know, down south and the Midwest and stuff like that, and even out west, even in California, they're, they're crazy about college football. It was surprising, which I was – just kind of caught off guard by an LA, they're like all up in arms and pissed off about USC. Trevor, you would have loved to have been in the Uber with me um, on in, when I was in San Diego heading up up to Los Angeles too, because it was right after the USC Notre Dame game, and they're all just like, we don't know what the fuck to do now. We don't know what to do. What we have thing? all these we have all these recruits in California, and no one wants to come play here, and we're just gonna it's get like our ass 20, kicked by Notre Dame every single year.
2: But the thing with like people. Uh, Showed up to the homecoming last week, and they barely. Oh, you saw that video? That was bad. They they barely
0: beat Winless Arizona. (laughs) But the thing about, like, a USC is, like, all right, Oklahoma. Like, we, me and Zach hate Oklahoma, but that's because they're good. Like, they're a fun team to hate. So, like, they win. It just makes them funner to hate them because they win, and when they lose, it's like, yeah, they finally lost. But, like, USC is like a fucking dead animal on the street right now. Like, that's all they are. It's like, you're kind of just, like, poking a stick at them. And it's, like, not even fun anymore. Like, no, I, I wouldn't would even say a dead animal. When they're good.
1: I wouldn't even say they're a dead animal, Matt. They're, like, they're like you've been – you're not mortally wounded, but you're, like, still hanging on by a little bit, and it's just really disgusting and sad to watch is what USC is. It's, like, you can see that there's a little glimmer of hope, but then you just know, like, they're just – they're gone. They're done for. And it's just, like – I I don't know what it, it, it like. Just talking with these people in California, I, I was surprised. I ran into many, many, Oh, not surprised. I was in the area, but a lot of people were just down and out about USC. They're just like, it sucks. Like we haven't had any buzz since the Bush liner years. And even when we were good with Darnold, it was like they won the Rose bowl that one year. And it was like, that was it. That was, they had that one year. And that was like, they haven't even come close to anything since then.
2: Yeah, USC man. I'm just thinking like, I know we're going off on a tangent here, but it's not it's not gonna be like snap your fingers and they're gonna be good again. Like we, I think we we are we are disillusioned by that all the time, right? Because USC It's like with Michigan. Yeah, it's Southern California, like recruits everywhere. You think, oh, just snap your fingers, bring in a top ten recruiting class, and you're and you're good again. That's not how it's gonna work. It's not gonna be a quick fix and there's no even guarantee the next guy does anything because, think about it, right? Who's the guy that brought him back to prominence? Pete Carroll. He was a guy, a bumbling coach who got fired by the Jets. He got fired by the Patriots. It was like USC's, what, fourth, fifth choice, right? Right. They weren't expecting anything when they got him. They hit lightning in an absolute bottle. But That's Pete probably Carroll. what it's, it's going to take again to get USC back to anywhere close to that level. That was more luck than anything else. That wasn't planned. That wasn't a design. I think you know, whoever goes in there, Luke Fickle or anybody else, I wouldn't be surprised if they are out of a job three years from now. It's going to take, think, like, <laughs> it, might be, it might be a stroke of luck and get a situation where you get, like, a fourth or a fifth choice and they happen to hit lightning in a bottle rejuvenate their career because, you know, this, it's just not, a, it's not an easy fix.
1: I think if Fickle goes out there, you know, he's probably so fed up with this bullshit with the college football playoff and I think that's the only way he thinks that he's going to be able to get a program He's
0: definitely gonna leave now. There's no, there's no way he stays there,
1: no matter where. Well, I mean, unless they put an emergency thing where it's like, okay, the playoffs is expanding, and it gives them the there's a criteria that comes into place that allows the non-power five to get in there. There's a path that's actually available, whereas in like all all the power five conference champion winners win, but then you have like a few at large teams, like five power conference winners and five at large. Then technically, Cincinnati's in. So, I mean, like if the criteria is like that, then you don't go to a dumpster fire like USC. And I think that actually that criteria saves a ton of issues for coaches that are looking for jobs um, within the power five or the non-power five. Because it's like if you build something, you're not going to see these coaches leave these programs. Because I do think one thing is, it's like, oh, it's not more about the dream job or like. You know, Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson, they all had to, Like, I want to say Clemson now, but, like, the, the Ohio State, Oklahoma, and the Alabamas, I mean, they were built over years and years and years of success. In order for, like, schools to get that way, there needs to be a path to success too. And I think, like, Cincinnati's case, like, if there's a criteria that comes into play for the playoff next year where there's going to be more expansion, I really did like the layout of um, – what was it? I think the four, top four teams would get a bye – and then yeah. the, the the remaining uh, teams that were in, like the six, they would have three matchups, and they would be played on university campuses, which I think is fucking awesome. Like to see that happen, that would be so cool seeing. Like you know, I wouldn't say like this, but like say Alabama and Ohio State weren't weren't there, but like seeing one of those two teams have to go to campus, it would be just an awesome environment. But um, yeah, I really think that's the only reason why that 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 you can keep those guys there. You know.
2: Yeah, I mean, speaking of Cincinnati, quickly, it's not, it's not if, it's not when. It's going to be next year. The playoffs expand, in my opinion. Opinion. The only question is going to be like we were talking about: how many teams? Can we be going to eight teams, to twelve teams, or sixteen? What's the format going to be? Because the most likely, I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but the most likely scenario, I see Cincinnati going undefeated. People think they will get "quote unquote" job, and everybody says, "All right, this is enough. We can't have four teams anymore." We got to give these other teams a chance. We got to expand right now. So that's, I think that's it's, what I see happening.
0: Yeah, I, I made a mistake. I think it's going to be 12 teams. And I think, like we're seeing this year, how much fans actually bring to the game. I just think, like, college football has something that they could do. It would be really cool. But that's why I'm wondering if it's actually going to happen because I feel like the NCAA fucking blows in general. But, like – how fun would it be if you're having playoff games, like, on campus? Like, the atmosphere for that would absolutely be bananas. And I, I would just like, that would just be fun to Man. watch. But, Matt, they could just, like I, – I one, there was an argument that they
1: would go in – they would be, like, it would be independent. If if, it, if the NCAA got involved in this whole entire, like, like, the name, image, and likeness thing comes about, like, players making money and stuff like that, where the NCAA doesn't really get involved – There'd be this whole thing and be like, well, you know what? Fuck the NCAA. We're just all going to go independent. We don't need you guys. They'll just say, fuck them. And then, like, the, the, the college football just becomes an independent league that's funded by a commissioner, and the NCAA has no involvement anymore. And to me, that's when everyone can make their rules and do whatever the fuck they want without these guys coming in and ruining
0: it for everybody. I mean, uh-huh. just ha- think about having, like, a playoff game in, like, South Bend or in Columbus. I mean— who knows of Michigan, but just like in general, these stadiums. Or, think about the games, games would be or even nuts. think about games that don't even happen that often.
1: Can you imagine, like, for example, like, like Ohio State and Michigan having like a, you know, a one or two loss year, but then they both somehow get into the playoff and then they play each other a second time? At, no, like in a be. year. I mean, I think that's fucking awesome. Or like Alabama going up to the Big Big Ten country yeah. to play a yeah. game in the snow. Right. That would be fucking hilarious. Like we talked about
2: before, right? Alabama would actually have to play a big game on the road for the first time in their life, like, ever. So.
1: Yeah. I think that would be, like, uh, like, seeing SEC teams go up north, just like Big Ten teams go down south, for example. Like, I just think it would be so awesome to see. Because, like, the one thing that I get, like, ticked off with when it comes to all this is that you have you know these ex- matchups you get super excited about but they they take like 6 or 7 fucking years to happen which sucks and for waiting that long like Alabama and Ohio State are going to play in like 2028 and I'm going to be 30 I'm going to be 35 36 when that happens so it's like you know like I I think the playoff expansion will give us a chance to see some matchups we don't get to see a lot of in storied programs and I think that'd be huge for college football
0: mhm All right, so did you guys want to uh, talk about that football game that was like 106 nothing? I think that's. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I just want to talk about that. So I'm not going to be. I'm not going to lie. I didn't read too much into it until just now. The two point Yeah, I just I don't get what the fascination of like coaches or in any sport of like blowing out an opponent like that bad. Like I love to win. I love winning 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 by a lot, like, that's who I am, but at some point, like, your team is winning 59 nothing after the first quarter. Why not just put the freshman in? Or put, I don't know, does, is it really necessary? And then, like, I'm reading that they, least, like, jesus then I'm reading that the, at 100, it was a 104-0 to when they went for a two-point conversion. Yeah, they like, went for two. That is just, like, like, I get it, you're better than the team, like, sometimes you can't help it, but, like, Going for two, up by over hundred points, like, like what are you, what are you proving there? And I mean, good for UCLA. it Looks like their prospect through thirteen touchdowns, but like, it, to me, it looks like they beat the little giants or something. I mean, I like, think that's
1: worse for UCLA because now that guy is going to go into UCLA and everyone and like Pac tells me like, oh, you're the guy who like, uh, you know, like, oh, was it um that SpongeBob reference. I don't know if you guys know about it. It's like, Oh, so you're like kicking butts old man. They're all going to be like, all right, well, we'll show you when he gets a pack 12 play and shit like that. I, I, I don't know. I agree with you guys. I, I don't know if, what Trevor's stance on it is going to be, but I think it's pretty similar. Like, I think like, you know, I've always been that kind of person to believe that Like if you win and you're better than the other team, the other team has to stop you. But then there's a point where it just becomes like, it, it's like, come on. Like Matt said, 59 and nothing after the first quarter. I mean, the game was over. The other team obviously had no shot at all to win. But to me, you can't be a bigger asshole than going for a two-point conversion up 104 to make it 106.
0: I
2: guess my only, well, I have a few issues. Obviously, obviously the coach is a total hard-o-dink, but, like, (laughs) how, how how long in time did this game take? Like, we bitched about baseball games taking over four hours. This game must have been, like, five hours. Like, 59 to nothing after a quarter? Like, Jesus Christ, like, just think about the stoppage you play every time you score a touchdown, right? Multiply that by like 10. And, and it's just like, I'm sure those poor parents must have been like, what the fuck are we still doing here? It's like six hours. I want to go home.
1: I'm miserable. I'm like. There's probably fights from the opposing team against that. Uh, there had to have been. Well, that's
2: the thing, right? I'm thinking like, you set yourself up some dirty plays. If I was the other team's coach, I'd be like, you know, it's not. I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm not advocating for cheap shots. But I'd be like, "Fuck this team! Like, go out their knees or something." Like, this is I ridiculous. Know. Like, they're lucky that yeah it didn't end up in a full blown riot or something. I mean, so I feel like every year we see a we see a game like this right in high school. A dink, a dink coach trying to run it up like a hundred or nothing or whatever. Or just like it's just you know it's just stupid. And I don't think we need to spend any more time on it. It's just, it's just stupid.
0: So so I uh was listening to the radio. Let me pull this pull this up. So I was listening to the radio on the way home the other day and I really didn't put a lot of thought into it and actually I started thinking about it more. So I'm going to give you the last 5 seasons of this coach. 2018 3 and 9, 2019 4 and 8, 2020 3 and 4, 2020 2021 5 and 4. That coach is Chip Kelly at UCLA. Does he get fired at the end of the season? Because I was listening to a, I don't know, I think it's like an LA show, and they pretty much made it seem like Chip Kelly should be fired yesterday. So it seems like the way they feel in California is that Chip Kelly is not the answer.
1: Amazing how beginning of the year we thought that he was like leading them on a a march to Brent, back okay. to relevance relevancy in the Pac-12. Yeah, but like dude, this has been the Pac-12 the this has been the Pac-12. It's just them being v- very inconsistent and just not performing in games that they're supposed to win. You look at any other conference in the country, probably like the Big 12, even the Big 12, the Big 10, the SEC, their best teams 90% of the time win games that they're supposed to win. Now I'm not saying UCLA is one of those teams, but the Pac-12 has always had this issue. With consistency and not throwing up on themselves in stupid games, uh, like we saw with Oklahoma I and mean, Oregon earlier this year, with Stanford or like USC, like being be below mediocre, like they are. I I guess like reading out those numbers, Matt. I mean, I don't know what UCLA is looking for. If they want a hot shot name like Chip Kelly, if it is that's, if that's what they want, then they keep them. But like if you're UCLA, it's like who the hell are you going to hire next to get this done? You're yeah, LA, you're in a big, you're a big recruiting ground in LA. Like you want a big name as I'm sure USC is probably going to go after a big name too, because they're probably thinking, well, we weren't getting recruits because our coach was uh Clay Helton. And that's basically why we weren't uh, able to get the, uh, get some top players. I just don't know what UCLA does after this. I mean, in the beginning of the year, it looked like they were going to give Oregon a run for their money. And it wasn't like they got killed by Oregon. It was a close game. So you know that the talent's there, but it's just Chip Kelly's just not, he's not, consistently proving himself in most of the games like you know we we thought he might be doing this year so
2: yeah I mean I, give him year, I think was working in his favor I think you say always oh, a basketball school in general right that epic run they you, the basketball team went on and they're ranked in the top five coming in I think kind of takes the attention off the football program slightly buys them a little bit of time and just the fact that USC is so down too. If they, if he, if he beats USC this year, that's, you know, I'll sometimes teams say, you know, we only need to beat our rival this year. That makes our whole year. I think, I think, even through the struggles, if they can beat their cross-time rival, which is a, we forget that hatred in that rivalry is very real. Like, if they get a win there, it buys them some time. I think it comes back for at least another year. But as Matt's alluding to, his record, man, it's not very impressive at all. We thought they were turning the corner after the LSU game. Well, it turns out LSU sucks. So that wasn't even that impressive of a win. Um, yeah, They're better than they were, but they're still, you know, mediocre. And if he can't take the next step soon, then he'll be on the hot seat. But I think he survives at least until this time next year, and we'll see what happens.
0: All right, shall we get into our top ten? Before we
2: get into our top ten, I want to bring up a random thing on the spot. So do you guys see the story about the, um, the Texas assistant coaches, girlfriends, the monkey monkey that bit somebody at Halloween yes what are your thoughts on that
1: ridiculous I really that have nothing a little, else that's to a say question, but... I think like, I, I even like I couldn't even wrap my head around it I think everyone was just like what what in the world is going on here Attack? did it like attack some kids while like trick-or-treating right
2: something like that like and I guess the, 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 she used to be a stripper and the monkey what? used to be part of the monkey used to be part of her act apparently. So. And he's she's dating this geeky dorky looking assistant coach. Of course, but we don't know how he landed her through you know money and being a being the coach. But how <laughs> so, so, yeah, Steve Sarkeesian, man, he you know guy was a party animal before, and he's got some shady ass people on his assistant coach staff. And <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised that they're all uh, had one hell of a <laughs> epic, uh, epic Halloween party with uh, strippers and zoo animals and patron in the back and. <laughs> Start on a off the wagon and uh you know that's just uh
0: texas football 2021 baby
1: is yep. <laughs> the only way to sum that up right
0: there for sure so top 10 honestly i didn't see this story but now i'm gonna go read about it <laughs> top 10 it is yeah let's go to the top 10 yeah. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot my top 10 from 10 to one uh no i got with notre dame Wake Forest. Number I one? You guys... oh, I was going to say. <laughs> no, note your name. Note your name, 10. Wake Forest. I got nine. Good for you. You guys are undefeated. Your conference still sucks. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Number eight. And I am so happy that I don't have to act like this team is good anymore. Because at the beginning of the season, on our first show, I said they're overrated, and I still think they're overrated. They beat Notre Notre Dame. Big whoop de fucking do Cincinnati, you're number eight. You're not in the playoffs. Go fuck yourselves. I don't care for you guys. I just don't think that would be a fun game if they were playing against anybody, any of the top five teams. I think they'd get blown out. So thankfully, I do not have to see that game. I got Michigan at... Michigan at seven, Alabama at six, Ohio State at five. Although I do think evidently they'll sneak into the playoff. Oregon at four, Oklahoma at three, Michigan State at two. And Georgia, your next national championship. Thanks to the Atlanta Braves breaking the curse.
1: Trevor, you go. I'm gonna. I'm just finishing up mine, but you can go for next.
0: All right, I'm going Auburn, 10th. I'll give Matt
2: credit, man. I kind of shat on Auburn to begin the year, but they're six and two. They look kind of good, so.
0: I'll you know what? We gotta stop there. No wonder why Trevor shits on the Big Ten because he is an SEC lover. What are you
2: talking about?
0: I, I just said I shed on Auburn to start the year. I have there's six. Yeah, now they're there. in your top ten, boss.
2: Yeah, they're ten. I have them ten. So I'm I'm not putting Wake Forest on the top ten. I'm sorry. Sam like Hartman's a good story, but I'll take if you put Auburn six to two against Wake Forest, you know they would win like forty points. So anyway, probably true. Okay, so number nine, Fighting Irish. They're on the right track. I like what they're where they're headed right now. Eighth. Michigan Wolverines, slightly slight dip, but they still have a lot to play for. So ahead of them though, like always, right? Ohio State Buckeyes seventh. So sorry. <laughs> I have to get that shot in there. Sixth rank Oregon Ducks. The pride of the Pac-12, baby. Woo woo. Uh Bama's fifth. And you guys gotta flip out on me, but you know, this is my criteria. I'm like a fake AP voter. I'm not gonna punish the team for for winning. So I've got four undefeated teams in my top four right now. I've got Michigan State fourth, OU third, even though I said Cincinnati's already in their second, and
1: number one, George Johnson.
2: <laughs> Shake your head, haters. Shake your head. AP, looking for a voter. I'm right here. I, I can follow your criteria. Let's go.
1: All right. You want to throw your shot in? Here's my top 10. Notre Dame is number 10. Uh, they're back in the top 10. Number nine, better team than Notre Dame. Wake Forest, undefeated, playing a lot better. That had to get that shot in, Trevor, after you just disrespected Ohio State. Um, number eight, I have Cincinnati down to eight. Uh, a clear as day that they're not going to get in and they're not going to play anybody the rest of the season. And I, I, as much as I think that, like, the Notre Dame win's impressive, I just think that they've been kind of up and down against mediocre teams in their conference. Number seven, I have Oklahoma. I don't care that they're undefeated. They've looked like shit against a lot of their conference uh, opponents. Their best win is 5-3 and three Kansas, and I think everybody that's in front of them has had a much better season and resume. Number six, I have um, Michigan. Um, I still think that Michigan and Michigan State, the top five matchup or top ten matchup, I think both those teams are pretty pretty neck and neck, though I do think Michigan should have won, Michigan should have won that game. I have Alabama at number five. Um, I do think that they're a very, very good team, but I do think that the Texas A&M loss is still something that should be penalized more and I don't think Texas A&M is very good nor do I think that they're um I don't know I feel like they've also had a few close ones too um I think them and Ohio State are pretty interchangeable so I have Ohio State at four um for now um but you know like I said Alabama Ohio State I think they're interchangeable at four and five and then my top three I have Oregon at three I get it they beat Ohio State so until they lose again they're going to stay in front of the Buckeyes I think that's the way it's going to go I think that's going to be you know kind of a annoying fly that's going to be in Ohio State's face the rest of the season um I have Michigan State at two just because they're undefeated in the Big Ten and I still think the Big Ten is probably them and SEC are the two best conferences and then Georgia's in a- another class above everybody else at number one so like I said I I think you know based off the rankings I think Oklahoma has so much potential to move up but I just haven't been impressed with them that's why I have them at seven I still think Michigan as beaten teams that they're supposed to beat, and then they they actually put up a fight against a good-ranked team, which they should have won, obviously. But o- Oklahoma, man, get, figure it the fuck out. For the love of God. All
0: right. Okay. Who wants to go first on their Heisman rankings? We'll do, a, do, like, a top three for Heisman rankings. I don't know how many you guys got, but...
2: Yeah. No, I do have a top three, actually, and I have a dark, I have a dark horse, too. So, number three... I'll start with a dark horse. I'm not going to win, but if they weren't defeated, I'd feel better about it. But Kenny Pickett, he's balling out at Pitt. I know they just lost to Miami, but he went off in that game 500 yards. He's got 28 touchdowns, three interceptions. They've had a pretty solid year other than two crappy, weird losses. But that guy, he's looking like, you know, we were talking about what? We were talking about your boy Spencer Rattler at the beginning of the year, Sam Howell at the beginning of the year being the top two picks. I think Kenny Pickett is going to be the first quarterback taken next year in the draft. I don't know if he's... He's going to be top-five player, but I think he's going to be the one to go first. He's impressed me this year a he has an NFL caliber arm. Um, he's a dark horse. He won't win, but I've been impressed by him. Number three, I'm going Bryce Young just because of the fact that what's the default here with the Heisman? 99% of the time, they give it to the quarterback of a team in the national championship game. If this goes the way it's going, I'm not saying Alabama's a lock to get there, but if they're there, it's going to be Bryce Young. Top three, he'll be in New York. So he's number three on my list right now. I'm going Matt Corral, number two. I just like the way he's lit it up, although it might not stay there because if he can't if he can't play next weekend going forward, he's going to fall out of the top three. But I'll put him there for now, top three. Number one, Kenneth Walker, Michigan State. Dude's a beast. 1,200 yards almost, 14 touchdowns. He's, you know, almost single-handedly carried this team into playoff contention. So it's just amazing what the transfer has done and – um wasn't he did he come from Wake Forest himself? He did,
1: Wake Forest.
2: Oh, and so so they lose they lose uh, Kenneth Walker and they're undefeated. Imagine if they had Kenneth Walker,
1: holy shit. I, I know, right? Well, that'd be that'd be a hell of a story, right? For Wake Forest.
2: Wake Forest, Sun and Sun and Football factories
1: okay. <laughs> I'll Tell you, Zach. All right, so I actually agree with Trevor. Uh, I did five candidates, though. I, I I had what's his name at fifth, Kenny Pickett from Pitt. Like I said, he's he's having a great season. So um, I'm gonna. This is my dark horse, though. I do not. Yeah, I, there are weeks where I think he. There's a chance he could get invited to New York, but then also he's still a young. I think Travion Henderson from Ohio State needs to get some looks just because the amount of touchdowns he's scored this year. I know he doesn't have the amount of yards as Kenneth Walker, but, I mean, he's closing in on breaking Maurice Clorette's freshman record already, and we have four games left in the season. So, um, you know, statistically, you could probably look at uh, the quarterback for Liberty as well. you probably throw him in there as well. I Interchangeable. What's his name again? Elite I
0: forgot. Something.
1: Yeah, Malik Willis is, a, is a, I I yeah, can't. Yeah, remember. Malik
0: Willis. Yeah. yeah, I was just looking him up actually. Yeah, so
1: I, 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 think those three would probably be the like the dark horses and everything like that. I Henderson started off slow against Penn State, but I mean, still like the guy puts up a lot of touchdowns. So, like I said, I, I think they're still a long shot, obviously. And I will say this: so Kenneth Walker is. I'm going to jump to number one. Kenneth Walker is my number one, and the reason why I'm jumping to number one is that I think he's number one for now, but. I think what's going to have to happen is Michigan State's going to have to be in the thick of it. Like, they're going to have to beat Ohio State, and then they're going to have to probably win out and get to the Big Ten Championship in order for Kenneth Walker to have a legitimate shot at winning the Heisman. Unfortunately, it's kind of turned into this quarterback contest, but, like, Kenneth Walker did have his Heisman moment last week. I mean, five touchdowns against a top-ten team. I mean, you could definitely argue that, but, like, they're so difficult on positions outside the quarterback – that I, I just think that if Michigan state falls off and loses like one or two more games, then, you know, I think Walker gets invited. Um, but I still think the two quarterbacks between CJ Stroud and um, Bryce Young will probably be the two guys that will have the highest odds just because of the position. And it really depends on where the teams finish, obviously. Um, and I still think, you know, Stroud, in my opinion, needs to have his moment, but Kenneth Walker is definitely number one because statistically and the way he played against Michigan last week, I, I mean, there's no question. I think he's the fa- he should be the favorite right now. But Michigan State's got to finish the season strong, and you know, it, it definitely is a lot to ask from a running back. But definitely Kenneth Walker one, Bryce Young two, C.J. Stroud three.
0: This is my now. Yeah, you know, I'm just thinking it's kind of funny because like we're looking at, it's weird though we're looking at like how dominant Georgia is as a team right now. And like, would they even have a player in the top ten rankings of, of the Heisman watch right now?
1: I don't think that's a bad thing, though. I mean, I that's think it's true. Says more that's about true. Your team. overall
0: just a good team. Yeah. All right. Well, so
1: you I know you're gonna my, say, my doc-
0: "Your boy,
2: the former, the former BC quarterback, Anthony Brown from Oregon."
1: Oh wow, what a pick, Matt
0: Anthony Brown. Damn, Oh, my God! <laughs> I think uh, I think a dog course is Matt Carroll. Um, obviously, if he can't play this week, that's going to be a oh, negative yeah. for him. But um. I mean, I don't think he's actually going to win it. Um, I do think I have Pickett as number three. The one reason I don't have him in my top two was I, again, I don't feel like Michigan State should have won that game. And I think they're they're going to be solved before the season's over. And, again, you know how it is. If they lose one game, they'll probably be at the playoff. And I don't know. I just, I don't know. Fuck Michigan State. That's how I feel. My top, <laughs> two, my top two right now. Um, I do think Bryce Young number one. He's got 26 touchdowns, three interceptions, 2,400 yards. I will say though, C.J. Stroud. For as much shit as we give him, I do think you could almost say he's not a not a one B, but I will give him a one C right now because yeah. he's got 23 touchdowns, three picks, 2,200 yards, and that's with missing a game, correct? Right. So I mean, he's not far off from Bryce Young's stats. And I mean if Ohio State wins out, I mean, how do you it's just it's gonna to be tough. I think it's a two horse race here. You could give me either or. Fuck both of them though. I mean, Bryce Young will probably win because unfortunately yeah. everybody loves the SEC and that's just how life is. Trevor's accepted it. Me and Zach haven't yet. I'm <laughs> never
1: gonna accept it. I'll argue till I'll I'll be arguing when I'm in the grave.
0: I will say though like- for sure, I do think Young Stroud and Piggott are probably the Top three players in college football right We're now. That's going to be like uh, John Connor out there fighting the machines,
2: and he'd be like living in the ghetto, fighting the machines of the SEC, like throwing rocks at the big spaceships that are our SEC overlords.
1: Well, if this, was, if this was like the 50s and the 60s, I think Kenneth Walker would be running away with this thing because remember Paul Horning from Notre Dame won yeah. the Heisman when they won – Notre Dame won like two games in one year. And it's the award has changed so much over the years. It's gone from the best player to who's the quarterback that has the Heisman moment on a team yeah. that's going to play in the national championship. That's literally what the award's turned into. Yeah,
2: that's all it is. It's the better quarterback on the, the national
0: title team uh, matchup. So. Right. All right let's uh zach here you're, uh, you're going to be in charge of reading off the uh the games let's get into this because i really want to hear Trevor's I, well, I, I was gonna say i thought it was christmas time <laughs> no let's get let's let's get these games going and then we'll see and i really <laughs> want to hear Trevor's Christmas. i'll be ready
2: today, don't you worry. i'll be ready for the, the bah humbug coming up
1: i was gonna say i was about to uh, give me a second and get the christmas music going over here i was gonna i was listening to rocking around the christmas tree while trevor goes off on his rant oh yeah right. So first game. This is actually tomorrow night. Uh, it's Georgia State at Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana's favorite, my uh, minus eleven. Um, yeah. So
2: interesting. how Clay Helton. We just talked about USC. He ran right. this week. So I guess good for him for getting a job. And I mean, I was gonna say there's bad economy, but there's jobs everywhere. But anyways, um, <laughs> so I just like what Louisiana's doing. Solid stability with Billy Napier. I don't think he'll be there much longer. I think he's gonna get a job. At a higher-ranking school next year, whether it's Texas Tech, uh, TCU, somewhere else. But um, what's the spread on this, Zach? I'm sorry, uh,
1: minus eleven.
2: So Louisiana's favorite, right?
1: Yeah, Louisiana's if favorite. yeah. I
2: think they, they cover by twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: sorry, boss. <Mom. laughs> <laughs> so <anyways. laughs>
2: All right, Trevor. Who do you got? I just said it before you cut me off with your stupid Christmas music Music <laughs> on November 3rd. Um, Louisiana by 20.
0: Uh, I'm with you. Georgia State, good luck with Clay Hilton, uh, your garbage coach who you think is going to be good. Give me Louisiana by 17. I think it's going to be an easy victory for them. A nice little Thursday night game for Louisiana to show off on national TV.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Louisiana as well. There's no reason for me to pick Georgia State. I mean, uh, I I think Louisiana wins by two or three touchdowns. So I'll I'll go with 17, like Matt said. They'll definitely cover. All right, next one, back to the good old days. Big noon kickoff. Ohio State at Nebraska. Oh boy. Ohio State's favorite. Minus it's minus 15.
0: So I'm gonna go first here. What did you say? 15. 15. Yep. I think Ohio State's going to cover this easily. I don't see them coming out slow like they did again last week. I'll say if Nebraska, I don't know, if Nebraska maybe had a night game, I'd be a little more willing to give Nebraska a chance. I mean, I kind of feel like they've, uh, so to speak, shot their Lord already this week, and, I mean, they co- they keep coming up short game after game. Again, like we all remember what happened against, against Michigan. Give me Ohio State by 28. I think they reassert their dominance in the Big Ten. Like twenty or twenty or twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Jesus. Four touchdown victory. Yeah. Um. You know,
2: think you and I, Zach, were big. Well, not big, but we're Scott. We've been Scott Frost apologists all year. I'm fucking off the bandwagon there, man. You are what you are. You're three and six. You lost again last week. Like I'm fucking down' defending. You. I don't care if you're in close games all the time. It's not horseshoes. That doesn't count. You are what your record says you are. You are what you've been in Nebraska. You've been a failure. Like Keep them around for another couple years, fine. But right now you're 3-6. and six. You're going nowhere this year. Martinez is a, a turnover in a bad spot waiting to happen. But it won't even get close to that this week. It'll be over after the first quarter. I'm going to say let's go 56-3 to Ohio State. Oh, they make an absolute statement in Lincoln.
1: Woo. Wow. Holy yep. shit. 56-3. Um. So, I I don't know. I think Ohio State's always played. They've always killed Nebraska the last few years and stuff like that. Um, You know, even when they go to Lincoln, too, I feel like it gets worse. I remember a couple years ago they had the night game in Lincoln and everyone was fired up. They had college game day go thinking it was going to be like an old-time event, and then Justin Fields just ran a fucking train on them. Um, I think Ohio State covers easily, obviously. Um, Like I said, I – Nebraska, like I, I've been so annoyed with them this year too because I've been, I've been an apologist, like Trevor said, and I've picked them in some games where I thought that, like I thought for sure that they could have pulled the upset on Oklahoma and Michigan, and they, even though they keep, they play up to their opponent, but I, I don't, I don't see that happening this week. I think Ohio State, is going to be a little more fueled by being behind Oregon, and they're going to have to make some statement wins. So I'm going to go Ohio State, not by 53 like Trevor said, but I think that they'll win by, they'll win by. Four or five scores, I think. I actually, I say Ohio State by twenty four. I'll do. I'll be. I'll. I'll come down to earth a little bit, Nebraska which is still not saying much, but
0: that plays well enough to be in it, and then they just lose it in stupid ways. Like I don't know. It just. There's no other way to put it. I mean, you guys. You guys love Frost, but I mean, I feel like he kind of. Well, no, I know It's not that I love Frost, Matt. I you just guys think are that Frost it's like. Lovers.
1: Dude, uh, I'm like. More- well, he took over at dumpster fire. Is what I'm saying is like, dude, Nebraska. You see how bad of shape Nebraska is in before he True. got there. I mean, granted, like at least like at least they're like po- like this is a step in the right direction for Nebraska to be in these games. I mean, they weren't even like close before. They were getting worked by Michigan. They were getting worked by Ohio State. At least some of these games have gotten a little closer. So I mean, like it's, it's baby steps. I
2: will plan. say, in two years when Frost gets fired i like him to be the O.C. At, uh, at Notre Dame because he's very creative. He's a hell of a lot more creative than
0: Tom. Now, so, like, that point that you made, Trevor, is very true. Uh, Reece, is playing, Reece has been a little bit better, though. I feel yeah, like He's not, like, like, creative where, like Frost, though. I feel like this is where college football has to have some patience. It's like these schools expect their teams to be turned around in one year. And that's not the fact because, like, Zach knows more about recruiting than I do. But, like, you're recruiting – players years in advance you can't just fucking go to a school next year and have your whole team like you gotta recruit these players and you're gonna like you can't go into a season with 70 freshmen and expect to be national championship contenders like i just like it just like people these schools need to be a little bit more realistic and let let the team grow i guess i say this every time i talk about everyone wants to fire a coach
1: for the next like three four seasons when they start when they suck for like three years Dabo Sweeney lost to South Carolina every year the first five years of his career at Clemson. So imagine the Clemson fans are just like, fuck this, we're done after four years, and fired him. They wouldn't have had two national championships. They would have never had Trevor Lawrence. They would have been a dumpster fire if they did that. So, I mean, I think that, like, you know, Scott Frost taking over a program in Nebraska that had a huge fall from grace. I just think that there was an, a, it was an impossible task for Scott Frost to get this team on track within three years. And look at Jim Harbaugh. They give him a lot of shit. But, like, 2016 against Ohio State, they were a top-five team after two seasons with Harbaugh. And granted, they've had up-and-down years. But even then, those are some of Brady Hoke's guys. And give him credit. I mean, he did recruit some of those guys that Jim Harbaugh utilized. So I, I, I do think we need to pump the brakes on on the whole thing with the coaching and stuff and start like, like freaking out about certain things. When your program's in shambles and your program's a mess, it takes time to fix that shit up. Unless you're like Alabama or or whatever, or Ohio State even. They have one down year and then, you know, you get some guy with a brain to figure it out. But even Ohio State had some dark years, like, years ago, so. Um, Okay, so next game. This one I'm very intrigued by. Uh, Wake Forest at North Carolina. I just – North Carolina is favored.
0: (laughs) North Carolina is favored minus two. I'm not gonna lie. Before last night, I had no clue that Wake Forest was undefeated. I don't know why (laughs) I didn't know that, but I literally, I didn't know that. I had us eight and zero. But I'm looking. I am looking at their at their, uh, their record here. They gave up 34 to Louisville. They gave up 37 to Syracuse. They gave up 56 to Army. Yeah, that was like a 70. Yeah. Their defense is historically bad. So they, they won that game 70 to 56. Um, so it's I'm gonna, I'm assuming this game's at Chapel Hill. It is. I don't know. I mean they're ranked number nine. I mean, North Carolina's four and four in their favorites. Uh, gimme, you know what? Fuck it. Gimme Wake Forest in the upset. Wake Forest by a touchdown. By a touchdown? I know nothing. I will be honest. I know nothing about this game, but as a Duke fan, I hate North Carolina. Give me Wake Forest. Fuck it.
2: <laughs> Interesting reasoning, but okay. So I know a little something about this game. Yeah, their defense is bad. Sam Harmon's a great story. Um, 8 yeah, 0 you know, start. He's a effective quarterback for that offense. Um, you know, Notre Dame did play North Carolina last week, and it was a, it was a shootout. I'm glad we wanted a shootout. That means our offense can finally do something and they they look finally potent. But let's not forget. I know North Carolina's been a disappointment overall this year considering the hype they came in with, but um you know Sam Howell is still he's still a dangerous quarter that last week. Like they had a lot of expensive plays against Marcus Freeman. So like their little slot receiver they have. Um I forgot his name off the top of my head, but um you know, he's a great little player and the Josh Downs. Yeah, Josh Downs. Yep. He let he let Notre Dame last week get a two hundred yard game against um, Virginia. You want to say a few weeks ago. So to me, it looked like bad defense from Wake Forest, explosive offense. North Carolina. It's in Chapel Hill. I know it's not that far to travel. It's right there. But I'll take um I'll take the Tar Heels to win this one out right there. Uh, this will be the the highlight of their disappointing year. The one by seven and in, in like a shootout. Like I'm saying, like maybe not. A basketball score, but like so let's go with like thirty-eight
1: to thirty-one. I think Sam Howell is going to kick the living shit out of Week Forest because their defense is so bad. I have North Carolina by three touchdowns. Okay, I just think Week Forest is a good story and all that. Obviously, with a quarterback, but their defense is so fucking bad. And we're talking they're going up against a quarterback that might be a, that was started the year as maybe a the a lottery pick. So. I don't know. I think Sam Howells gets back on track and I think they get the spotlight back on him this week and I think that he's gonna tear them apart. So I'll get North Carolina by twenty one. Yeah, people In look yeah,
0: how you know, he's not he's In not finish, North Carolina's defense allows more points per game than Wake Forest does. So I'm just saying.
2: Yeah, I mean, Carolina's defense is horrible too, trust me. Notre Dame went through them no problem last week. But um,
1: Look at Matt, the stat guy course. on Wake Forest. Had no idea they were even undefeated like five
0: minutes ago. <laughs> I, mean, I will give the ESPN app some credit. I mean, look, this fucking Sam Hartman, cool guy, has 2,400 yards, 22 touchdowns, and three picks. He's fucking – He's right up there with uh, Bryce Young and Stroud. Let's put him in the, Heisern, the Heisman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wake Forest has sneaky. Teeth. Dude, he get it, he's taking a turn on him. He's the big Wake Forest guy now. <laughs> Give me Wake Forest. I mean, honestly, a school that gives up fifty six to Army. To Army, I mean, they're. I mean, they're gonna lose eventually. BC will take him down at the end of the season. Oh boy. All right, what do we got next? Okay, so next game we have.
1: Um, let me see, looking at right here. Liberty at Old Miss. Old Miss favored minus ten. All
2: right, so I'm I'm torn on this one, right? If Matt Carroll plays, you know, I don't know his status. I know he didn't practice this week yet, so that doesn't look good, but if he plays, I'm going I'm going uh, Ole Miss. But if he doesn't play, you know, we talked about Malik Willis having a hell of a year. We forget this is the Hugh Freeze revenge game, right? It's going all Miss, his old team that gave him the shit can and boot. Rightfully so. I mean, the guy's a scumbag; he, he deserved to get fired. But um, i just going with. I guess I'll have to. It's, can we do a conditional pick? Like, if Corral plays, I'm going all Miss. If he doesn't, I'm going. You gotta with. put
0: your fucking nuts on the table and make a pick, Trevor.
2: I can't always put my nuts on the table, man. I gotta save some dignity here sometimes. <laughs> fine, I'll go, I'll go Liberty. Either way, fine. The Hugh Freeze Revenge Bowl. Wow. Hugh, wow. Let, let's, go, let's go Liberty. Let's go Liberty.
0: So let, let's just I'm just looking at Liberty and they are coming off a they beat a top ten team last week. I don't know if you guys know that. They beat UMass Amherst 62 to 17. So they're coming off a big top ten play. what? Not even big in the Western Mass. <laughs> uh, weren't, they like party, weren't they like a top ten party school at one point, I think? I mean, they I mean, probably
2: dope. still are. That's the only thing. They they're
0: a top 10 team it. in Berkshire County. That's what they're
1: something. <laughs> yes,
2: I mean, they're not even, I mean, I don't know, probably the Dartmouth Indians. Get Mass Live on the phone to see the top 10. Know, could the Dartmouth Indians
0: beat them? I don't know. <laughs> um, Give me, woo, you know what? Give me Ole Miss. Give me Ole Miss by 17. I know it's a home game. Liberty's traveling there. They're a good little story. They're still Liberty. I mean, I do think Lane Kiffin's building something at Ole Miss. Give me Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss covers. I got really nothing else to say. And I don't think Ole Miss is
1: that good either. But I I, I have a hard time believing a school like Liberty is going to go into an SEC school and win. So, okay, all right. No, so, you so know, you're saying this you new next time. You're like, you know, they're not going to be what's, an SEC team. What's that?
0: You literally
2: contradicting yourself. You're like, oh. The SEC is so overrated, but I don't see Liberty
1: going up being an SEC team. Yeah, we're talking about Liberty here. We're not talking about the Big Ten or the Big 12 or anything like that. That's what I'm saying. I just beat, think that
2: beat Coastal Carolina last year, who beat undefeated BYU, just saying.
1: Okay, and then UMass will beat Mississippi State like four years ago. So does that make UMass eligible for the SEC? Yes, bring them in. Bring them in with Texas. So. Okay.
0: So uh, uh, what you're right. saying is we're going to have a playoff game on the uh... – is it where does is, where is UMass Amherst play Gillette Stadium? Is that where the are? No, no they don't play that. No, they
1: play half their games at Gillette and half their games at Alumni the Stadium I or whatever. They, it's I called. think
2: they scrapped that. They don't even do that anymore, do they?
1: They did. They did for one game this year. They played some stupid school at Gillette, BCC or something, right?
0: Who do you think yeah, it's more? Some community you college. Who do you think it's more fans in the stadium? The revolution or UMass Amherst? Revolution. The revolution. <laughs> That's
1: sad. <laughs> I hope for a fact that the revolution would get more fans. All right. Um, all right. Next game. Michigan State at Purdue. Michigan
0: State favorite minus three. Give me Purdue by 10 points. Wow. God. This, saying, is, this, is, not, listen, this is just off so the walker. rails. Now. Listen, no, no, no. I put Better. some thought into this. I'm not. All right. Purdue is a team in the Big Ten. That's not very good. Well, whatever. But they win good games every year, okay? They're never going to be in the Big Ten championship game. They're never going to be there at the end of the year. But they always knock off some team, and it's going to be Michigan State. Michigan State did not deserve to win last week. They're going to go to Purdue, and they're going to lose this game. Fuck Michigan State. Give me a Purdue by 10. That's all I got. The Purdue
1: Boilermakers are not going to beat two top five teams in one season. It's not going to happen. And if they do, we might as well just give them the Alabama treatment and put them in the college football playoff if that happens. Um, I mean, seriously. They would have two more impressive victories than Alabama. So we technically can move Purdue up to number four or whatever. So
0: what you're saying
1: is I'm the, picking is Michigan the headline, can see.
0: headline on Monday is Purdue better than Alabama. If Purdue wins, yes, they're better than Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no.
1: Harry okay. Kane be they're good. not. Good. They're, dude, they're not going. They're not good. All right. So Purdue. If Purdue didn't beat Iowa to start the season, then I'd say there's a good shot. But I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going to save our metrics on this. I just have a hard time believing that Purdue is going to beat two top five teams in one season. I just don't know if that's going to happen. Um, I don't. I agree with Matt though. I don't think Michigan State. Is as powerful top to bottom as everybody thinks they are, but I still think it's deserved that they're in the top ten. I mean, the top five, obviously, and where they're at because they're undefeated and they've looked far more impressive than Oklahoma, for example, even though they're undefeated as well. I like Purdue. I mean, not Purdue. Jesus Christ! Again, oh, yes!
0: I like. Uh, I, like I like. No, no,
1: no. I like Michigan State. Michigan State. I don't like Purdue. I like Michigan State. Roll
2: the tape. Freudian slip right there from Zach, but um. No. What's, what's the spread on this?
1: Minus three in Michigan
2: State. So doesn't this game has what? Trap game it? right? Opposite it, like you say. The amount of exertion the Spartans must have had to expend to come back from 16 points like that. They've got to be exhausted against their arch rival. Yeah, this has let down run all over it. That and, you know, like it could be deja vu, like you say. Uh, they already beat a top three team this year when nobody saw it coming. This is a home game for Purdue. But like Zach said, there is no fucking way in hell that crappy ass Purdue. They've already they've already booed through their one load, right? They're their one game. They're not supposed to win all year, every year. They have that one game every year, it seems like. They already did it. They're not they're not they don't have, they do not have two bites for the
1: apple. It's not happening. Give me Michigan State by ten. Yep. All right. Uh, next game. Oklahoma State at West Virginia. Oklahoma State's favorite minus three as well. Well, I mean, I'll go. F- I'll go first on this one. Um, this game doesn't really interest me. West Virginia is all over the place, too inconsistent. Um, I'll go Oklahoma State in this one, though I don't love this pick either because Oklahoma State's one of those teams that like they absolutely could go to West- they could go to uh, Morgantown and lose this fucking game too. So I don't really feel confident about it. This is definitely not a lock. Um, I just think that the Big Twelve is just a pile of poop. So Oklahoma State.
2: Yeah. um... This game's an interesting. What's a toss-up, like you say? Like Oklahoma State, I still don't know what to make of them. Like, are they really good? Are they overrated? Like, they've already lost once. Like, they have to go a long way to Morgantown. That's a hell of a far away to travel. West Virginia is always going to bring it as far as atmosphere is concerned. But I'm not big on West Virginia either. I am bigger, a little bit bigger on Mike Gundy. You know what he's doing over there. Interesting how they gave him basically. You see, they gave him like a lifetime contract, basically, like every five years. It automatically renews for five years, so that's that's kind of an interesting deal. But anyways, um, I think it's gonna be a high-scoring game because that's what Big Twelve is—no defense. I'll take Oklahoma State thirty-one to
1: thirty. You're taking you're taking the Mountaineers. All
0: right, give me <laughs> West Virginia by ten. They're coming off of a good win against uh, Iowa State. I think they keep it rolling this week. Oklahoma State sucks. The Big Ten, the Big 12 sucks. Let's go. Give me West Virginia. Wow. I'm just obviously kidding. The Big 12, I don't think they really do suck. Um, I know. Oklahoma I got, State, got uh, West Virginia is coming over a good win. They're at home. Morgantown's going to be crazy. I think they take this game.
1: Right, uh, this would probably be one of the better matchups of the weekend. This is Auburn at Texas A and M, uh, battle of the overrated, um, in my opinion. Um, Texas A and M is favored four and a half. So
0: you go first, Matt. You go Sorry. first, man. You know what I really love about this game is it's just like the battle of two stupid fucking fan bases. In all honesty, because yep. like, is that do you like Texas A and M? I don't think there's more of a delusional fan base than Texas A&M. They really, they're up there, they're up there with Tennessee for they, sure. They're like, they're definitely up there. Auburn again, and they had some glory years. Good for them, but they're delusional. It's just delusional fan bases. I mean, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a game. I mean, it's gonna be a classic uh, SEC matchup. Uh, what'd you say the spread on this was? Texas A&M's favorite four and a half. I know. I said at the beginning of the year that Auburn. I thought they were going to be a decent team this year. Give me Auburn by a touchdown. Texas A&M. Fuck you guys. Fuck your whole squad. And honestly, I just hope. I hope Texas A&M keeps losing because that will just make the loss, the win against Alabama, even worse, and I look worse for Alabama. Give me Auburn. Let's go. Zach, Did you just pick your scratch your ears with an Exacto knife?
1: <laughs> um. i had um i'm picking what's it called in this game i was kind of tossed up on this but you know what i'm agreeing with matt on this i just want to go fuck texas a&m on this because like i want that loss to look worse for alabama because i'm sick of the freaking peremphial treatment that they get in the playoff committee every single year but i honestly think that texas a&m is not very good and i think that everyone's going to be pumped up at kyle field for a night game and then they're just going to go and they're going to lose a stupid one to auburn so i'm going to auburn
2: so I want to talk out of both sides of my mouth right now. I literally complimented Auburn about 10 minutes ago. They're a top 10 team, held the season so far. Um, but they're going to Kyle Field. It's not an easy task. I'm sorry. I you know, you all want to hand on a because you hope that Alabama doesn't get in. Just stop finding it. Alabama's going to get in anyways. Um, I'm going A&M in this game. A&M by seven, I think. They're going to have the uh, rare bragging rights of saying they beat both teams in Alabama this year.
1: All right, next game: uh, UTSA at UTEP. Uh, UTSA, who was ranked in the AP polls, is not ranked in the College Football Playoff Committee's polls. Um, they're favored in minus twelve and a half at UTEP. Uh, Trevor, you want to oh, go first? I gotta ask Matt you a question,
0: though. So he he has his his top ten. And he said being undefeated matters. Why does he not have UTSA in his top ten? I don't even have. Yeah, you're like being a hypocrite time. now.
1: You're being a hypocrite now, Trevor. I uh, mean, from your standards, I'm I mean, your playoffs would be uh, Cincinnati,
0: UTSA, Georgia, and Oregon.
2: <laughs> I'm not going to punish. I said I'm not going to punish teams already up there who don't lose, right? I'm not going to reward these teams who, uh, you know, are just fluffing up their records like Wake Forest beating uh, Army 70-56. So that being said, I guess I should have what? UTSA against Wake Forest. In the, in the uh, Orange Bowl coming up, right?
1: So Yes. Uh, yeah. Or, no, you could have Georgia, UTSA, Wake Forest, and Cincinnati in the college football playoff. I'm thinking
2: about it, right? Maybe we shouldn't expand because then you'd have, like, a first-round match to be like uh, Cincinnati
1: against uh, UTSA. You know, like, who that
0: wants to see that shit? So. And, Ohio, and
1: Ohio State and uh, Alabama <laughs> can go play in the uh, Idaho Potato Bowl. <laughs> so, um yeah, this game—it's a sneaky good game, right? This got
2: moved to prime time. It's gonna be an aspn two this week weekend, and um, got an team and a 0 team, six and o team, right? A uh, six and two team, UTEP, right? So, you know, that's a good atmosphere, right? The um, the Sun Bowl, right? Every year, it's a good game. It's a good, uh, it's a good stadium down there. A lot of history. So, I think that atmosphere will be pretty intense for uh, you know, non uh, power power five school matchup. So, this is actually. They said it's, like, the uh, the matchup of the week because, like, two bet teams are the top two, like, combining the records. You know what I'm saying. Maybe you don't know what I'm
0: saying. But. <laughs> Give us your pick, boss. What are you – you're spending on a game you probably have nothing know. we running it. out of gas over so there. Trevor, Trevor just loves the Sun Bowl. That's what it is. Just...
2: <laughs> I love the Sun Bowl. Yeah. Give me UTEP to win. What's the spread? Not that it matters. What's the spread? Uh, Twelve
1: and a half. Yeah, uh, UTSA. Uh, UTEP by up. three. Zach, you go. I think UTSA is gonna be so pissed that they're not ranked by the committee. And I think they're gonna come out in this primetime game on ESPN BOCO or whatever it's on. And <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking ESPN too. Um and no, I think that they're they're undefeated, obviously. I think uh they're gonna be they're probably pissed off that they didn't get ranked at all, not even like twenty-five and They see a school like Mississippi State and uh, San Diego State that's in there, and they're not there. Obviously, they feel a little disrespected. So, they might come out on uh, ESPN2 and win a big one. So, I'm going going to
0: uh, UTSA. Give me UTSA in my grader. I I do think they'll – give me them by 14. I mean, it is kind of bullshit that they're not even in the top 25 at all. So, I mean, I'm assuming they'll be a little pissed off by that. I got – a hot take for the weekend. There will be two top four teams that lose this weekend. No, Michigan wait. State. You didn't let me do the introduction yet. All right, go for it. What is it? So,
1: actually, so we saved the best for last because Matt so wants to talk about this. We added this game in there. Oregon at Washington. So, go ahead, so Matt. You, there's going
0: to be two top four teams that lose. Michigan State to Purdue and Oregon to Washington. I don't think Washington is good. They're actually a terrible team. <laughs> But Oregon is led by a quarterback that went to BC. All right, that's still never gonna leave we'll meet
1: Ohio State.
0: Okay, and what? I mean, it is what this shit happens. I mean, whatever. What? Sure. Is, what? <laughs> All right, but like, but this is is Michigan State ball lost. Ball this, right? his head. I'm a little but worried about it right now. This is this is what happened last time. Right? We didn't even think about the packed uh, oregon's game at all and next thing you know we wake up no wake no, up, no no that st- is not
1: true i picked stanford i picked stanford in that game i said this is the game that oregon was gonna lose trust me i listened to the audio the other day because i keep replaying it back because i sound
0: like fucking nostradamus and that i picked stanford to beat oregon that week give me washington by three Chaos will be ensued this weekend, and I cannot wait for the college football playoff ranking because they're not going to know what to do with themselves. This honestly might be the week that they try to put four SEC teams in the national championship and in, in, into the playoffs. <laughs> Zach, you're laughing, but you wouldn't, wouldn't it surprise you? I'm, la- I'm <laughs> laughing because I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we woke like, up The Tuesday. sad thing is, is you, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Texas A&M and Auburn could tie, and they'll both be in the uh, the playoffs next week. Uh, but I, I'm, being, I'm being serious. This is a 7:30 game at Washington. Sure, Oregon's had a couple of good. They've had. They've looked good the last couple of games. They looked good against Colorado. They came back against UCLA. Oregon has had. I mean, uh, Washington has had such a bad year. This is going to be their one night game where I think they come out, and I think Oregon's going to lose. Oregon by 14. I'm not
2: going to say anything else. So, <laughs> fuck
0: off, Trevor. Zach, you, <laughs> you know what's funny is Zach wasn't even thinking about this but now the notion of Oregon and Michigan State losing in the same weekend he gets he's excited for it or at least Oregon.
1: I, I'm going out to dinner Saturday night and I'm gonna save my energy and pour myself a nice cocktail at 1030 to watch this game because I'm I, if Oregon loses uh, I honestly, because it will be great for Ohio State because they will have nothing else that's really in front of them. They they would basically control their destiny at this point because Oregon losing does absolutely nothing for Ohio State anymore. Because, I mean, granted, if like if they even if Ohio Ohio State all they have to do really is win out and they're in. If they lose, obviously they're done for. But, yeah. So, good news for you, Zach. Zach, the the
2: seven thirty ABC game this week. Oh, so, so it's like, four thirty over there. That's the best you could fucking do. Seven thirty, prime time. Oregon and Washington. I feel like the. So that makes
1: me, oh, right so here, that makes me a little nervous now. I would have loved it if that was the uh, if we were over here. It was ten thirty, and the East Coast is going to bed. That'd be classic Oregon. Um, fuck it, Washington.
0: Yes, there it is. There it is. Trevor is so disgusted over there. I love it.
1: I'm getting excited for that game now. I just wanna, I just wanna do it because I want us all to be like chatting it up when
0: we're all losing our shit when Washington goes up seven in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, great show, gentlemen. It's good to be back talking football with you guys, Zach. Again, congratulations. Now nice. we are back to my favorite part of this show. Hold on one second. Let me get the introduction here. Just have Trevor just talk about it with Christmas music in the background. All right. Alright, I will say one thing. I'm gonna let Trevor rant about Christmas. I will say, walking into stores like Macy's the week the week of Christmas, of Halloween and seeing nothing but Christmas stuff is a little too much for me. I will say, can you at least give me one like I don't know, the next day, I mean, November 1st, go ham. But, I mean, I went into Home Depot like two weeks ago, and they half of their store is Christmas stuff already at a hardware store. So, I mean, I guess I get, I get where Trevor comes from. But Trevor's very irrational sometimes. So, I'm, I, I'm no. the, floor is, the floor is
2: yours, Trevor. I guess that's more where the focal point was going, because I'm not too big on Christmas anyways. It's all right. Oh. I I... I know, right? The most wonderful time of the year. Which that's fake news. That's a lie. Dude, right? you're the fucking Grinch. Holy shit. I am the Grinch. Bob fucking humbug, man. I hate everything.
1: That's everything, Scrooge.
2: Everything good about Americana, right? Everything that makes people happy, I shit on it. So, um, look, it's all right. Just exact like Matt's saying, we're starting now. It's like Halloween's over. Some of these people, like, all right, we're going right to Christmas. Let me get my elf costume. Let me want, start watching Hallmark movies, and let me deck, let me put my tree up now. It's like really, it's November. Why the disrespect for Thanksgiving? That's a major holiday where we just blow it off every year. We go right from Halloween to Christmas now. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Damn it! You got the 3S. food, forest, food, family, friends, football. Why are we disrespecting it? Why? Like can we can we wait until Thanksgiving's done? Then we can do Black Friday, then we can all, you know, rock around the Christmas tree, watch your sixty-nine Hallmark movies that have the same ending, despite different premises. Every Hallmark movie's the same. Bunch of white people find a romance on Christmas. It's just like, can we just like can we wait until December first? For the love of God, please. Wait. And if I was a dictator, right, in the country. And if i saw Oh my them, God! Here we if go. I saw somebody with their Christmas tree up earlier than December first. them to the guillotine. They would be sent to a, a re re uh, re education labor camp. So that's all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> this is took a dark turn. <laughs>
2: that's was just that's my if I were, were a
1: dictator take right there. So. Oh, my God. you know what you are? I'm going to put a Christmas reference right now. You're you're Burger Meister Meister Burger from Sombertown, and Santa Claus is coming to town over here. Holy Uh, shit. Trying to throw Santa in prison for giving toys out to the kids. (laughs) If Trevor
0: was a dictator, he'd cancel Christmas. Great. That's how I got. I think I will I will argue against this
1: though um, I don't I like I want so I, my fiance and I we literally went to uh, Macy's to go get stuff for our first trip earlier this month and the first week of October there was Christmas shit all over Macy's I agree that's that's way too early that's way too early but I understand people like. Wanting to decorate their homes in November, not because they get excited for Christmas. But for me, for example, like when it comes to like Thanksgiving and all that stuff, I get so busy that weekend. Plus, I got Thanksgiving. Then there's Black Friday and I'm usually just completely burnt out from the day before. Then Saturday is the biggest college football day of the entire year. It's rivalry weekend. And I don't want to spend that fucking Saturday decorating my house uh, with Christmas stuff. I don't want to do it. So I usually do it usually like the week before. I just put all my Christmas stuff up. That way it's in the house. And that way I don't have to worry about it any other weekend. And plus, I love Christmas a lot. So like I like having the decorations around the house because it's better than coming home to somberness and nothing when there's just like nothing around the house. So that's just my take on it.
2: Well, you would be in the gulag if I were the dictator. So you're lucky
1: (laughs) No, I would just be shutting my my, uh, my blinds and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, have Trevor to do an Trevor and his, like, Trevor and his dictator uh, yeah. army is, is doing the Imperial March around the city, like, looking to throw people into the fire uh, for having Christmas decorations up. You have to have, like, a secret compartment or something.
0: Thank you for listening to the Late to the Party podcast.